0: Welcome to episode number 13 of the Friday Nightmares podcast. I am one half of your hosting team today, Mr. Smoke Show Scott Crawford. (laughs) Coming to you from Swartz Creek, Michigan, in his horror movie basement. And with me, as always, is the Canadian goddess.
1: Canadian goddess. That's right, Scott. Heather Powell coming to you from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on this hot day in July. We're recording on July 18th, but Scott may not get this bad boy out for a little bit longer than usual because he is... uh, has some child minding duties next week.
0: Yes. So oh, sitting three pit bulls.
1: Yep. And five cats. And <laughs> <So> five cats. <laughs> it's like, it just it's like his house, only an extra two dogs. So right. he uh yeah, so he may be a little delayed. So we apologize if some of the new movies that we talk about are old news by the time you listen to this and there's other twenty twenties out. But we watch a lot of a lot of twenty twenties um I uh, I just want to announce that I reached 100 movies uh, prior to uh, Scott doing it, and uh, <laughs> I'm a winner, and he isn't, and yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that is true, because it only, what, what, did it take me a day or two to get back up to you? And I re- now we're both, I think, at 102 films of 2020 watches, but I am in the lead of first-time watches by five films now yeah so. but
1: i beat you at 2020
0: that's true that's true
1: and i only care about when i win
0: <laughs> i
1: don't care about when i lose
0: <laughs> but that's so, when i care so that's what's important
1: i know right i um <laughs> what was i gonna say i it was funny last night i was out at a at a pool i guess you could say quasi pool party hot tub thing and like one in the morning, Scott and I were fighting about movies. <laughs> He's like, You're only you're four behind me for first time watches. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> didn't have the time to watch an extra four movies between then and now. <laughs> oh, this, is no, this is less than almost twelve hours later from when we
0: <laughs> Yeah, you're slacking. Got that exchange. You had to get some sleep. I mean pfft.
1: I know. And it doesn't help that I work full time, part time and am in school.
0: But, oh, excuses, excuses. Right,
1: bettering myself for the future. <laughs> 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 that's not true. I'm just trying to make more money. That's, that's
0: all Hey, really that's bettering that yourself though. for the future.
1: But, uh, yeah, an update. Now, probably by the time people listen to this, Ontario will be fully in phase three of reopening, and our cases have continued to stay marginal. And also, just to note, I saw a meme that went out there saying that Ontario, you know, indicating that it's going to be like... Um, What's that Japanese movie when they oh, go Battle back? Royale. Yeah, it's not Battle Royale in Ontario for schools. There hasn't even been a back-to-school plan yet, so I don't understand <laughs> where people are coming from to that. Yes, we're planning to have kids back in the classes, but we have way less cases than any state does. And uh, also, I, nothing will be decided till August 4th, which is, I know this because I work in post-secondary, and we're waiting for... <laughs> waiting for the primary and secondary schools to decide because if parents need to stay home it's going to definitely modify how we do classes in the fall obviously because we're going to have people that have to stay home with their kids and stuff like that so it's uh it's interesting times
0: so yeah um it's interesting because or it's not interesting it sucks because you know we were at phase three and we are starting to roll back some things because our cases are skyrocketing not as bad as people in the South, thankfully. Like, I feel bad for them, but I'm thankful that our state's not there. But we're at, like... I think we had, like, one day we had 800 cases, uh, 600 cases. Yeah, it's shot back up again. And our governor is pretty much saying, like, yep, uh, you're going to be all wearing masks and uh, getting fined 500 bucks if you try to get into these uh, buildings and whatnot. And
1: Oh, and for fuck's sakes, people, wear a fucking mask. Like, yeah. you know... They've made it, they made it mandatory in the city I live in now, too. Um, and that's fine. And we don't have nearly what you guys have. Okay. Right. <laughs> like, we don't even have, I don't think, I think in total, we've had 800 active cases since this began in, this, in the city I live in. Right. So that's like now there's probably less than 50, if that. Um, and you're wearing masks to prevent a second wave so things don't have to get shut down again
0: yeah exactly that's the
1: purpose of it this isn't about taking away your rights and freedoms this is about making sure that things don't get shut down again and our healthcare system doesn't get overused so um and that's fine i have some masks now that i'm going to carry around and i'll wear when i go into buildings absolutely like if it's the bylaw and that's what they want us to do i have no problem doing that um and i really hope other people because the borders are now closed to august 21st yeah and sucks. scott and i were talking and it's very unlikely that that um the the only thing I may be out for is Days of the Dead in November. If yeah. if that runs, if the borders are open, and if I don't have to quarantine for 14 days if I leave the country. Which obviously is fair, but I, I personally cannot do that. I can't go to a horror convention and then just come back and not go anywhere for two weeks. So that is not going to be happening. Um, So we'll see what happens. But yeah.
0: Yeah, hopefully, you know, things are somewhat easier for us, because I know we originally planned our pretty much our one year anniversary, top end of the uh, end of the year, top 20s, whatever's list we're going to do. We were planning on doing that in person. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. hopefully that can still go. Well, that would
1: be January. So one can hope that come January. Things are better.
0: Yeah. Uh, we we can only hope.
1: It'd be nice to make the visit to see Astronomicon and do the list then. That would be nice.
0: Yeah, that too.
1: Right. Um but and it'd be nice to go to conventions again. All these things would be nice. So hopefully everyone just wears a mask and social distance and washes their hands and we can all get back to <laughs> doing things that we enjoy hopefully we're halfway there but in the meantime we've watched some pretty good films i think anyway like i've had a good time with the ones we've been watching recently
0: yeah i'd say for the most part um i there's a couple on there that i wasn't the biggest fan of but i still appreciated but mm-hmm. uh yeah i guess we could uh jump right into that right now
1: yeah absolutely smoke show lead us off
0: <laughs> all lead right us off with the gun show there oh yeah
1: two tickets to the gun show pew pew
0: all right. <laughs> so our first movie we're going to talk about will be The Funhouse from 2020. And I'm still not sure where exactly this one is available to watch. We were lucky enough to have one of our friends have it on his Plex account. Um, but I know a lot of people have seen it. I'm just not sure of the where the availability is. Uh,
1: yeah, is it an English film or was it Aussie?
0: Um, uh i think it, i think it was uh english
1: was it okay well obviously it was in english but i meant england yeah like just to be clear, in case i'm yeah, th- talking about
0: yeah i think it was um but yeah this is pretty much a uh story about these people that are i guess you'd call youtube instagram style mm-hmm. uh, stars and they all get into social invited. media stars yeah yeah there we go social media influencers and stars Um, And they ended up getting invited to this big mansion for this, like, kind of like a reality TV show type deal, almost like uh, the real world and stuff like that. That was back on MTV back in the day where you're just recording everything that's going on in the house or as in Jersey Shore. And then they uh, have a contest that whoever gets the most views and likes during this, like, will win a prize. The thing that they don't know is the ones that do poorly every week with the numbers ends up having to do this competition, which ends up not being very good for the person that's losing, let's just say. It's horror trivia. It's horror yes. trivia.
1: And the <laughs> right. people that lose get made fun of. That's that's the mood. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all starring people from the podcast community.
0: Now that would be fun to watch. <laughs>
1: That'd be great. That'd be really
0: funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? It was a solid film. I really enjoyed it. It's it's not the highest budget film in the world, but it it flows pretty quickly. You feel for the characters. The ending I thought was I kind of saw it coming. I'll be honest. Um, yeah. but it you know that's fine. You're not always going to have movies that shock you at the ending. I fun watch. I really enjoyed it.
0: Some great gore. Some, yeah, the gore was really intense, and some of the stuff was kind of hard to watch.
1: Yeah, it was, it, and you cared. You cared about what happened to the characters, and I think that's important. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Check it out if you can find it. I believe it's for rent on. I thought it's for rent on Prime because Tim Davis watched it, and he was yeah, able to rent I, it.
0: I looked on Prime recently, and I was not able to find it. Like, so that's maybe iTunes. Yeah, I'll say maybe it's iTunes because yeah, that's the only place I cannot check because my iTunes account is all stupid. Oh yeah, and did you get yourself lucked out one too many times? Uh pretty much. It's just uh I didn 't ever get, get myself locked out, but I can't get the password, and it's sending my reset password to an old email that I do not have anymore.
1: Uh, just do a new uh, iTunes account
0: that's what I plan on doing eventually
1: yeah, I f- fucking hate Apple, but that's yeah, my own, you know, but i unfortunately, sometimes you can only find movies on iTunes, so you gotta you gotta go with it so right the next movie that I watched was a recommendation I think, between yourself and Brandon from Orlick from Exploding Heads or was did Brandon tell you about it?
0: Yeah, Brandon ended up telling me about it saying that okay. he really loved it, so that made me want to check it out and I ended up relaying the message to you.
1: Yeah, and you know what, this was a really good movie. Um it's well acted. The main female protagonist fucking exceptionally well done.
0: Yeah, she was amazing.
1: And this had two tropes that I hate. Typically. Yep. But both were done fucking brilliantly. This was a very good film. Great character development. Not a lot of violence, if that's what you're looking for. um, I would say. Yeah. um,
0: And I was going to say, did we say the title of it?
1: Oh, sorry. The Dark Red 2020. No, no. We were just going to do a guessing game.
0: (laughs) you but, uh, guess
1: the movie or something happens to you so the movie is isn't he so sweet everybody's like um did we say the title i'd be like you're going to the fucking title i'm like you can tell who the nice person is <laughs> on this podcast anyway the dark ride which is available in prime canada and united states
0: for free yes um and yeah yeah i highly recommend it um because yeah like it has one of my favorite like one of the tropes that I'm into for the most part, even though it is starting to get overplayed. And then the other one I'm not a big fan of, but like you said, they did both of them really well. Uh, they handled them perfectly. Yep. And yeah, the performances all around were good, but yeah, that main character, she just did a fantastic job. But yeah, I will uh, let's say the synopsis is about this woman that's in a psychiatric place, and like it's kind of broken down into a couple chapters. And just kind of tells this story that just unfolds. I'd say it's more like a psychological thriller horror film.
1: Well, you're trying to find out what's real and what's not real. Yeah. Is she telling a true story or is there other factors going on?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. And I think that's what really leads out through the film is you're trying to figure out is what she's seeing reality or is it fiction? Right. Right.
0: And yeah, this is a really good one. I think it may be in my top 20.
1: Yeah, I think it was pretty high for me, too. I, I really did enjoy it, and I wasn't sure if I would. And, like, definitely, I don't know about you, but I'm learning people's types in movies. Like, I can peg oh, yeah. what you will like. I can peg what Brandon will like. I have a good idea what Mark will like. Like, there are certain people that the more I talk to about films, the more I'm like, yep, they'll like this. Nope, no, they won't. And I've been right. 95% of the time, I've been right, which I think is pretty good.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's... Kind of like me with you. Like, I know know. your type of films.
1: Yeah, you'll know what I'll respect and what I'll enjoy a lot. Because those are, like, there's a film that we're going to talk about that I don't think was a bad movie. It just wasn't my jam. That you liked a lot more than I did.
0: Yeah, that that is very true. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, But yeah, the uh, next film that we ended up uh, watching was called Only, uh, which is also another 2020 film. And this one was on Netflix.
1: Yep, Netflix Canada as well.
0: And, wow, this one was, if, if you are feeling uncomfortable and not wanting to uh, deal with what is going on in the world right now, I don't recommend watching this film. Because uh-huh, no. it pretty much hits home with what's going on now. It pretty
1: much predicted the, the, the reaction to coronavirus.
0: Yeah. This movie
1: came out in film festivals. You found it in November. Yeah. And I can see why they held off putting it on Netflix till now yeah there's a fucking reason why right it was too close like the platform played into you know having the haves and the haves nots yeah this played into holy fuck this basically happened
0: yeah right
1: obviously on steroids because what the outcome of it is much more intense everything's amped up but the general themes crazy yeah. Isn't that not crazy? When you watch that movie, where you're not like, "How the fuck did this get filmed?"
0: Right. Like, did they? And how did they the... predict? Yeah. Like it like, was it's... shocking. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it's pretty much about a uh, alien-style virus that ends up uh, infecting and killing off women.
1: Yeah, and I think that's perfect. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think that that you learn that within the first very short time yeah Um, you know you read that in a synopsis like if you go on netflix and click it it's going to say that (laughs) in like the lines you can't miss reading that it's like two sentences um but it is definitely one of the better acted movies i've seen um fuck is it real
0: yeah the performances alone were really good and then yeah like here's like there were some scenes that just like hit way too close to home with what's going on here mm-hmm. in the U S and the way the U S has reacted to the virus mm-hmm. and fuck that was heavy.
1: Yeah. Even as I was watching it, cause I think I watched it first.
0: Yep. And you then told me about it.
1: Yeah. And I was remember thinking like, okay, can Scott, I actually thought before I told you, can Scott handle this right now? I don't want to ref like, I really, and I think that you're a very stable minded individual that, you know, could manage that, but I would be honest, I wouldn't recommend it to a lot of people right
0: now. Right. I'd say, like, right. maybe wait a couple of months if you. Depending how you're out. processing this whole thing. Yeah.
1: You know, if you are fascinated with human behavior and you're not scared, which I don't think people should be overly scared, but I think people should be cautious because I'm more scared for the impact of the economy more than anything else. Right. Um, But I think that it's, it's, it's a really good reflection. Like this film is a pure reflection on, on society. And I hope more people do watch it when they're ready because it's a really well done film, well acted, quick moving. And even the filming style, how it goes back and forth between the past and the present is done very smoothly.
0: Yes, it really is. And really, really well done. And once again, this is just one of those films that Netflix just kind of dropped on their thing without any fanfare or promotion. Yeah. So, like, thankfully, Heather's the type that likes to scour Netflix for new films, and she comes across these and brings them to a, my attention and that we could. Bring I it hope else. it
1: doesn't get swept under the carpet because of the content. Right. You know it. It's that's. I feel like if it came out a year later, people would be all over it. But I feel like right now, it would, it's. I don't know how it's going to be perceived, but it's an excellent movie.
0: So yep, yeah. definitely a high recommend for me.
1: Absolutely, the next one is you are going to get two very different opinions on this film. Um, it's called The Beach House, and it's available on Shutter. I think it just dropped last week. Yep, the week before something like that. And Scott and I watched it, and it's a it's a very well acted film. So I'm going to give it that. It's simple. Uh, They go to a beach house and shit goes down. It's very Lovecraftian, which everyone knows who listens to our show regularly, how I feel about Lovecraft to how Scott feels about Lovecraft. Um, I respect the genre. I understand the value of it. It just doesn't hook me. This film, the third act, I really enjoyed. But leading up to it, that first act to me was pointless. There was things that happened that were unnecessary did nothing for character development. Very little, to be honest with you. None of that played into the, what happened in the third act. Like, you could, have no, you could have been dropped into that third act, or the second act, I should say, and been like, all right, <laughs> it would have made a difference. <laughs> you know,
0: th- I will give you that. That is true. Though I still, I, for something about that first act, I was glued to the screen and just really sucked into the story. You love the relationship piece. This was
1: a couple that was relationship issues with another couple, and that's your language right now.
0: Yes, and I, yeah, because I, and you know, I'm really into a lot of the really heavy dialogue stuff now. And there was a lot of dialogue. Some of it was definitely pointless; didn't really have anything else to do with the film. But it just was kind of building upon everything else in the story.
1: I just felt like there was some dialogue that was so fucking unnecessary. That was like,
0: I'm a scientist. <laughs> Right.
1: <laughs> that annoyed me. And then other just dumb things that happened. Just things that didn't matter. And of course, you know, it's Lovecraftian, so you can predict how that will be. But is it is it worth it on Shutter? Absolutely. If you are a Lovecraftian fan, you will enjoy this. If you really enjoy relationship movies, if you really liked After Midnight, I think you would actually really like this film. That um, too,
0: yes. And right. also, it's very reminiscent of Color Out of Space.
1: Yes, very much so. I feel like it is, you know, I feel like this is what happens. A movie comes out like Color Out of Space. And I'm not I know that there's other movies before that. Okay, I'm not trying to say Color Out of Space is the biggest Lovecraftian movie ever, but it came out this year. And then I think other people find out about movies like that being made and and they see that it's successful. And then they drop other movies or Shutter picks up other movies that have come out that are similar because they see a demand. And that's yep. smart. You know, you see a demand for a certain kind of film, so you, you pick up that film. I personally did not enjoy this as much and was waiting for it to be done because it didn't fit my personal taste. I, but I can see why other people would like it.
0: Yeah, but I really, really did enjoy this one. Um, I think it's also in my top 20.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's anywhere near my top
0: 20. No, I think, I think you were, like, Saying it was like in your forties or something.
1: Yeah, I think it's in my fifties actually. Yeah, um, out of a hundred, because it's a quality film, and I will give it that. It's just it's not something I would go rewatch. I didn't. Right. I didn't. Except for that third act, I didn't care.
0: Yep. I'll say. Yeah, that third act definitely was balls to the wall, crazy, and like very uh, intense.
1: Yes, I would agree.
0: Uh, but yeah, the next one. <sighs> Another shutter exclusive. This one did uh just drop over I think this is the one that dropped last week. Or no. No, this one did No, dropped it dropped a this week, ago. yeah. Uh and that is Lake of Death from of twenty twenty. I this think it was
1: a Swedish film, wasn't it?
0: Norwegian. Norwegian, okay. Yep, a uh, Norwegian film about uh a, a group of people that go to this uh cabin by a lake, which would have fit perfectly for our last episode (laughs) but uh uh ends up i i'm trying to remember because this is like the problem with this film for me is i watched it just a few days ago and i'm already forgetting most of it
1: yeah it was definitely it's advertised kind of as a ghost story
0: um and see i didn't like it's advertised as a ghost story and when i was watching it i'm going Getting evil dead vibes from this. Okay, yeah, I, through, it didn't
1: I, I would agree. It. I even tried to go back and watch it a second time because I wasn't understanding. I feel like Fresh Cuts needs to review this, so I get it. Um, right. Maybe if they want to, because I don't really know if Venom would like it. I don't know how good it is. I don't know. Maybe it will. It's it's. The characters are great. The setting is nice. It's very summary. Um, kind of gets you in the mood for cottage season. There's a dog in it, which I really liked. You know, when I start naming the animals for getting to a point where I'm just trying to find shit, I don't <laughs> right. think it's a bad movie. I just feel like I didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe someone else would really enjoy it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's a piece of shit, because I don't think that's... It's not filmed like a piece of shit. It's not acted like a piece of shit. The script writing isn't a piece of shit. But, it just didn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, the story was just not something that hooked me in and I'm all about slow burns but this one felt like it was just too slow for my it was day.
1: like a snail burn
0: y- yes
1: right
0: yeah this one was really slow like at first I was like okay I'm into it and then that second half that second act I just lost complete interest and then the third act happened and I'm going "Eh." it was eh. like I rated it higher but I think that's just because I was like impressed with the filmmaking quality of it and then I was just like thinking about it over the couple of days I'm going well I'm already forgetting most of it and it's only been like two days alright yep I, I gotta change my rating yeah uh,
1: yeah I hear you I yeah it's I don't know maybe someone else will watch it and we'll they can talk about it and we'll get it sometimes you need that yeah, you know exactly. I, like I just I yeah I, I would say it's on Shutter. check it out like especially if you like foreign films and you want to watch something that's kind of cottagey theme, but I, I would highly recommend it because I just don't understand it. So,
0: right, I, I would say you know, give it a watch, check check it out for yourself, but yeah. just uh, heed our warnings. Like it just didn't make much sense to us, and it's slow. You know, be be ready to focus. Yeah, exactly. And I was losing my focus really fast.
1: Yeah, but then again, we lose our focus sometimes. So yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs>
0: I'm very scatterbrained sometimes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all are, right? The next one is Relic, uh, twenty twenty. It's uh, I don't know where this one's available because we watched it on a good friend's Plex, but I think it's a uh, rental.
0: I think this is rent on Amazon.
1: Rent on Amazon. It's a uh, it's a pretty good, I would say, ghost story. Um, the overlining theme in there is definitely family relationships and what happens as we age. Similarly to Vivarium. Not the same movie, but a similar theme. The acting is solid. Very good. You you are you like all the characters. Emily Mortimer not Mortimer. Is
0: it Mortimer? Uh, I think it might be.
1: Is in it. I believe that's who it is. She was the only one I recognized.
0: Yeah, cause she's in a lot of TV shows and stuff like that. I'm looking it up right now just to make sure. Yeah, Emily Mortimer.
1: Okay, I was right. And then the older woman was quite good.
0: Yeah, I will say this story, I think you liked this one more than I did. Yes, um, I did. But And it's not because, once again, it's just the same thing with the beach house between me and you. Like This yeah. one, just a ghost story's really got a do something special for me to really get into it, especially modern day ghost story. And while I like the theme that uh, that was in this film and the performances and acting and everything were really good um, and it was really well filmed, I just couldn't get into it. Like, it just wasn't for me.
1: Yeah. I, um, I hear you. I, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely for me. The special effects were really good. I think if you really like family dynamics and understanding the aging process, it's it's very good. Uh, but it's also a slow burn. You really got to pay attention throughout it. And I think this is just going to come down to personal preference.
0: Yep, that that's exactly how I'm feeling with this one. Is,
1: would you say it's worth the rental?
0: Oh, absolutely worth yeah. the rental, uh, especially if you are into if you are a fan of supernatural films and yeah. like you were saying themes of family and stuff like that. Because yeah, this it's a really, really good movie. Just, yeah, just didn't grab my attention. Like, didn't keep my attention because it's not something I'm a big fan of. Absolutely. Uh, and the next one, speaking of not being a big fan of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Detention 2020, which is a Chinese horror film. Um, Once again, not sure. I'm thinking this might be another iTunes one. I'm not, but we have this once again on our Friends Plex. Yep. Um, but it's about a, pretty much a, Yes, haunted school. Yeah, That's- listen to the Fresh Cuts episode and it will make a lot more sense to you. Okay, because yeah, like you were telling me, I guess it's based off a video game, and as soon as you told me yeah. that I'm going. Yeah, this feels like I'm watching cutscenes from a video game. And yeah. that was the issue. It felt like I was watching cutscenes from a video game, especially uh the video games, the Asian style video games, because a lot of them they're Plots are so freaking convoluted and and confusing. yeah, and that's exactly how I felt with this. i'm going, I don't know what's going on. There's some really cool visuals. The acting is decent there's some some acting felt like video game acting, which is not a good sign, but
1: <laughs>
0: but I love the creatures that I've seen in this, like it reminded me of a uh a different version of Silent Hill in a way with the creature designs.
1: I was going to say that, actually. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, this one, just, I don't know what the hell happened. So I guess I'll have to give that Fresh Cuts episode a listen. And maybe that'll make me appreciate it a little more. But right now it's sitting at kind of like a 5.5 for me. Like, it just, it was there. Just there kind of thing. Yeah, I get that. I uh,
1: I enjoyed it once I listened to Fresh Cuts. Like, watching it, I was like, okay, is this a ghost story? Is it not a ghost story? <laughs> is it happening? Is it Choose Your Own Adventure?
0: What <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like at points. <laughs> like, oh, I
1: don't get this. And I remember thinking, you know, because I've been watching more Asian films, right? And I've been really trying to develop my understanding of international films. And Venom and Mike and Don and have a great understanding of Asian films. So does Jerry Herring. Um, but the three of them covered it on Fresh Cuts. And I remember seeing it. And I thought, you know what? I'll go back and I'll listen to that. And it helped. It helped a lot for me to be like, all right. Okay so i would say if you are knowledgeable in asian films and you under and you've seen a lot this movie is easier to follow if you haven't watch it and then listen to fresh (laughs) cuts and it will they did this episode about a month ago and it will really help you understand it uh did it like jump out and i was all of a sudden like oh man best movie i've ever seen no but i definitely understood more what they were talking about and you really need to be focused when watching this like there's a lot of plot development. There's a lot of stuff you'll miss. You really have to be tuned in. You can't be doing other things and watching this movie.
0: Yeah, and that's the problem with me is I was losing interest, so I started like messaging on Facebook Messenger and stuff like that, and it just wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Keeping well, when
1: you're smoke show, Crawford,
0: <laughs> yeah, and your inbox
1: to... is dumbing with people wanting to talk to you. It's hard. Well,
0: well, I'm just I'm just laying the groundwork for my date with Brandon Orlick. Okay.
1: Yeah, you know what? Like that's gonna be magical times on the dating game. I actually sent him three questions that I recommended and one of them was, How many pumpkins is too pump too many pumpkins? <laughs> <laughs> and do you like your paranormal movies with more or less ghosts? And I can't remember what the third one was. Because he'll be like, Oh yeah, I-, I liked this this ghost movie, but it had too much ghosts. I'm like, What the fuck, dude? <laughs>
0: The pumpkin placement in this movie is awful. it
1: felt there were too many pumpkins and it was overwhelming to pumpkins. <laughs> it's just too funny. I like making fun of him so much. God, it's fun. Oh. Um, but I, he gives it back though.
0: So yes, you know, he does.
1: He, he has his one liners too, that he can, he's pretty good at delivering. But yeah, I think that if you really like Asian films, and I'm using that as just, you know, a very, very broad brush or maybe video game movies, I don't know, you'll really enjoy this. If if And if, you know, you're like me and you're just trying to expand your knowledge, watch this and then listen to Fresh Cuts. And they're on the Horophilia Network right now, this episode that they did came out about a month ago, and it will help you understand.
0: Yeah, but I and I recommend checking it out just because, yeah, this one, it's just not my cup of tea, just because I was confused, but yeah, like, maybe my opinion will change a little bit more when I get some more explanation. But I'd still say, like, yeah, If you're into these types of films, give it a watch. Good advice. And uh, yeah, that's the end of our 2020 horror films. So we'll jump into the few older films we have. And uh, Heather, you got two of them right back to back.
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, We were originally going to do a different theme for this episode. Anyway, things changed and we uh, turned gears last minute. So we're going to save the exciting Jaws movies that I watched to another date. Yes. Because they were riveting
0: films (laughs) yes they were
1: no it's just about a shark that just believes in himself
0: and you know what he
1: won't let logic or sea world or bad italian movies stop him (laughs) that shark is an inspiration scott
0: it it truly is truly is
1: it must be an american shark (laughs) (laughs) right anyway I digress, so devil, two thousand and ten have you seen this bad boy?
0: uh no, this one you were telling me I should check out, yeah, you like
1: it yeah you you dig this shit um, so a group of people get stuck in an elevator, and shit goes down, and uh you basically stuff starts to happen to them one by one and this police detective and the security guard and some other people are trying to get them out of the elevator and there's some folklore into it. It's very religious. And, you know, I don't share this a lot, but I do, I am a a person that believes in God and I am religious and stuff. So maybe someone can write an angry iTunes review about that. Um, (laughs) Shout out to the horror cast. Uh,
0: If you know, you know. <laughs> if
1: you know, you know. Um, anyway, I, I do think if you enjoy Religious Overtones, this is a pretty good movie. I You know, the kills are decent for what's in it. And it's a quick film. I believe it's only about 90 minutes long, and it goes quick. Like, it's not, it doesn't drag out. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It gets to the point. A uh, little bit of psychological thrown in there with a little bit of paranormal. So it has Brendan Orlick written all over it. <laughs> you know, not too much ghost, not too much paranormal. Um, <laughs> a little more psychological. So psychological, psychological. Thank you. And here I am trying to make fun of him, sounding like a doofus. Anyway, <laughs> it's a good movie. I would say watch it if you if you skipped over this one from two thousand and ten for whatever reason. It's a great short watch. Doesn't require a lot of brain space and um, entertaining.
0: Yeah, this is one I will check out because uh, I realized that I, the whole getting stuck in a elevator. It's kind of a scary. Th- thing for me like because oh, uh, scary
1: for anyone yeah
0: because i've actually experienced it for about 30 seconds and i was freaked out because <laughs> i was when i was working third shift as a janitor there was this uh building that i had like all to myself like no one else was there just me cleaning the whole thing it's two stories and all the equipment was on the basement level so i had to put everything in the elevator and ride up in the elevator with everything to clean the upstairs well while I was in there with my cart and mop bucket and all that stuff, get about halfway up, and then the power goes out. And it's the weekend. The weekend. No one is coming in this building till Monday. Um, It's four in the morning, so none of my bosses or anybody else is awake. I can't get signal in the elevator. And I'm sitting there in the dark going, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And the power came back on, and it finished my elevation. But after that day, I said, fuck this. I am never riding the elevator again, so I would throw all my equipment in there, hit the up button, then walk my ass upstairs, and wait for the elevator upstairs I would you know not. what that's actually not a bad idea, yeah, cause that freaked me out, and I said nope i am not having I'm not chancing getting stuck here over the weekend without any way of contacting people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it'd be like that alive movie, only way less, or yeah, like not this a live movie, 72 hours or whatever. Oh,
0: 127 hours? <laughs>
1: yeah, only like way less exciting to just do well, in a fucking elevator for.
0: I don't know, maybe it'd, it'd be more like uh alive as well, because I'd probably start getting hungry and probably instead of eating other bodies, I'd just chew on my arm.
1: That's right, man. Which <laughs> would be like another movie we're going to be talking about later. That's true.
0: Um, oh, and by the way, we're talking about cannibal films. I think I forgot to mention that.
1: I know, like we never tell people, you know why? <laughs> We're just, we're just trying to keep it to the mystery. We're just trying to keep things fresh and spicy. <laughs> Who knows what we're going to talk about? We, don't, we
0: know. don't even know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> no,
1: we're just going to make it up on the spot. <laughs> Pretend we research these articles, add links that don't really exist. <laughs> um, and then the second one is Girl House. I almost said Grindhouse, which I actually like the Grindhouse movies, by the way. A lot oh, of people do that shit. Like that stuff, I thought they were funny. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Um Gr Girl House. It's a very interesting slasher concept.
0: Yes, it really is.
1: Like, and the, first of all, it's very sexual. Like, it's a pretty sexual movie.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, it's pretty much like a porn site that you watch women living, like, a group of women living in this house together. And mm -hmm. they will, you know, perform sexual things for people that are viewing them and stuff like that.
1: It was, you know, and, like, I I forget who I was talking to about it. And, you know, it it's not a bad way to make money. I think people get really like judgy on shit like this. And I, I don't see why, like, if no. this is something that, you know, you got it, flaunt it. Like I, I honestly, and I'm sure I have female friends would be so pissed at me for saying that. But like, if this is a consensual thing that you are choosing to do to make an income, you know, it's not like you're going to get an STD. Right. Damn girl. Now I guess if you don't, if you bring home partners, but that's a risk that you would take anyway you know, and I just, I don't know, like, I feel like sometimes women might have issues because these are beautiful women and they're jealous, or maybe they feel that's oppression to women and that's fine. You can feel that way, but I feel like if people, if it's consenting adults doing shit, it's consenting adults. So I, I thought it was very realistic to why people get into this. Like the one young lady is in it for school. Other people are in it just to make money. Uh, Cause you can make a lot of money. Like yeah. can make mad money. Like I forget how much they said, but it was in the thousands of thousands of dollars, like huge.
0: Yeah, like it would. It's money that I'm going, damn, I wish I had that.
1: Scott's like, I wish I was a cam girl. Well,
0: I mean, I am Smoke Show Crawford, so right? maybe I can be a cam guy. It'd hmm. be
1: like you, like baking cakes and shit and
0: like B- just petting cakes, your beard. Petting, petting my beard, baking cakes in a uh, apron and nothing else.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you would probably do that shit too, actually. It would <laughs> probably happen. Um,. But, yeah, it was, it's a good slasher, some great fucking kills in it. The final girl's pretty resourceful. Her boyfriend is a sweet dude, actually, too. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun movie. It's a great little slasher. Very sexual, though. I wasn't, like, I knew that it was, like, cam girlish, but I wasn't prepared for, like, it was, I'm like, oh, okay, like, it's very sexy times. And that's fine, but just be prepared for a lot of it. Yeah,
0: because yeah, I wasn't prepared for it when I watched it because I threw it out at work. And then when Oh boy. Oh, I probably should not be watching this here just in case yeah. anybody walks in. Like I don't I'm, have
1: my hand lotion. <laughs> well, I
0: mean, I mean, I'm I'm always prepared. I got hand lotion. <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it is it is a very sexualized movie. Definitely not appropriate for work or anything like that. But it's a very entertaining, great slasher. Really, really great.
0: Yeah, I really wish I would have uh, watched this before we did our top one hundred uh decade films for uh exploding heads because this would have definitely been in there
1: oh yeah i'm like top 100 we did the top 100
0: yeah didn't <laughs> weren't best! you don't you remember we just I did that imagine. a couple weeks <laughs> ago oh my
1: god i could do fucking top 100 with you i'd murder you by the time we got to 57 i be like unfucking friended <laughs> that's
0: what it would be <laughs>
1: unfriended three michigan
0: <laughs> <laughs> how i killed scott crawford
1: <laughs> anyway sorry the last one is yours so why don't you uh do.
0: All right. So yeah, the last the uh, the other older the only other older film I watched that's not theme related to any shows that we're going to be doing late now or later um is the 1989 slasher Cutting Class which uh I'm not sure if it's his first film but stars Brad Pitt. A very young Brad Pitt. A bit bit. Yeah, and he plays like this high school jock which, you know, he's got that look for. Yeah, and for sure. It's him and this other guy. This other guy was in a mental asylum for something that happened, and then he gets released, and they're back. They're all back in school together, but then these murders start happening, and it's the whole slasher style whodunit. And you know, of course, like lots of red herrings and all that stuff going on. But the kills are really good. I loved all the characters in this. Like this one had a great cast of characters, and each person did a really good job. Like. This would probably be in my top fifteen slashers. I really, really, really I have to check it out. Yeah, I really dug this one a lot. So if you're into '80s slashers, I would definitely recommend this one.
1: Oh, I'm into '80s slashers.
0: I know you are. (laughs) You've been schooling me on some of these.
1: Like, sit back, son.
0: i'll show you the way
1: i'll show you the because i listen to the top 50 from exploding heads like i act like i know the person <laughs> i just regurgitate what they say i know you like do. if we did film reviews that's all we would do i'd be like oh so final destination you can listen to <laughs> like, read off here, the podcast and have already
0: reviewed it <laughs> here's my review of this movie uh check out this podcast
1: yeah i'll be like my reviews over right i'd be like if you want to listen to more about scream you can listen to 22 shots because what else are we gonna add really, Right, right
0: exactly <laughs>
1: you and i are just so fucking smart that we could be like actually Ghostface. you know if we look back to the history of it like <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing we're gonna add No, and that's why we do themes because we're able to talk like a little bit about everything and bring it all together
0: right so, exactly yeah. Uh, so yeah that's the end of the movies um that we watched, so I guess we will jump into our, what we've been listening to.
1: Yeah, so as I'm continuing my horrorphilia jam time, I wanted to get to a gem. uh Cut to the chase, with uh, Mr. Dan Chase and Miss Lacey Lou. I don't know if Lacey has always been on that show.
0: No, she. I don't think she was for, like, I, I can't remember who Dan worked with before, but I think uh, Lacey kind of came in a couple years later or a year or two later
1: yeah because he she's been on it for a couple years now because they've been together for a couple years they're a couple I'm spoiler they're a couple um but you kind of figure out through their show
0: (laughs) yeah so you know once you listen to their show (laughs)
1: right um and they are really funny like they really play off each other well and I listened to their leprechaun review a couple of them actually and they were really good like the leprechaun series I it's definitely one of my guilty pleasures it is one that i can sit there and i can chill out and watch those movies so i loved hearing these two talk about them they also did this awesome halloween special last year in 2019 that was was a lot of fun fuck was it good you know they put in different halloween music and they had these skits from well-known podcasters the two of them just have so many creative juices flowing between the two of them Yes. Like they are just two people that came together that just scream creativity and i think that's awesome and they're a really fun podcast so if you want to listen to something that's creative and you want to listen to two people like another a guy and a girl perspective it's a great podcast to listen to i i strongly recommend it and you can follow it on the find it on the how are feeling
0: network yep i highly recommend it and yeah I actually was uh lucky enough to do a uh, guest spot on the show back, I think it was last summer, when we uh, mm-hmm. covered Ready or Not because Lacey and I had just uh, officialized both of our divorces with our exes, so we called it the Divorce Party episode and we talked about Ready or Not. And we had, Yeah, uh, and
1: Jamie, Brimer, yep. Jamie Sammons and Brian Sammons were on that episode as well. Yep, that my... was a
0: fun fun episode.
1: And just to plug them from the ABCs of Hidden Horror and Liken It, I think yep. are the two podcasts that they do still, so.
0: Uh, Yeah, and then I will talk about one that we kind of already talked about their sister show, uh, Gruesome Magazine. Uh, This is Horror News Radio. Now, this is one of the first shows, the first podcast that really got me into horror movie podcasting. Um, And we actually worked with two people that used to be on the show and that is thomas mariani and adam thomas from the double Edge double bill podcast
1: they really got to change their names it's still very confusing
0: <laughs> it so is but i love it
1: <laughs> anyway we'll let it slide
0: but yep this is the they both were on it back in the day when i was a big fan of the show and like was listening to it constantly uh but it is a podcast that pretty much covers theatrical releases but due to covid they've gotten creative kind of like fresh cuts has and just been doing some bigger name vod releases but the hosts are doc rotten christopher g moore dave dreher and vanessa thompson and yep they will do horror news they'll cover the movie and sometimes they'll do some type of like fun little trivia game um i will always have i have to bring this up too because uh my One of my favorite people that passed away from the podcasting world, uh, Santos Ellen Jr., also known as the Black Saint. This was the show he was on.
1: Oh, much love, Santo. Much love.
0: Yeah, he was a great dude. And I, I just did, I got to go back in history a little bit because they did a game back then called Stump the Saint. And they would just try to stump Santos. And if you would pretty much just they'd give you a theme and you would ask a question on that theme and he would have to guess the answer. And if uh, he got it wrong... He would get so frustrated that he would be like, who's the one that sent this question in? Who is it? Who is it? And <laughs> you finally get the name of who it was and goes, you're banned. And uh, so I got banned at least three different times. So obviously the ban never worked.
1: <laughs> you're such a nerd. You probably like researched the most fucking ridiculous questions ever.
0: <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> but uh, it was just funny because after a while, like everybody that was uh, banned kind of like took it as a badge of honor and we created the band club <laughs> oh my god that's super cute that's awesome so yeah well yeah i've had a lot of history with the show and i still love it and listen to it whenever the newest episodes come out uh you know there's been a rotation of people that have been on the show now but yep yeah, the four of them together do a great job and i recommend it they are pretty much available anywhere that most ipod uh, most, iPods, most uh, podcasts can be found we don't talk
1: about ipods on this show
0: yes how dare i <laughs> App, we hate apple <laughs> but yeah you can mainly find their show on their uh horror and their gruesome com. they have it all plugged in there too awesome nice and yes yeah, so uh we are going to take a quick little break and promote another one of our shows that's on the legion podcast network and when we come back we will be talking the main topic cannibal films Stereotypes versus the facts. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure
1: that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch versus the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for W Y C H on
0: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, the SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Witch versus the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast
1: ice is gonna break. And welcome back. As uh, Scott alluded to, we're going to be talking about cannibalism, um, a topic that is usually presented as the lowest form of behavior. And it's usually believed to be a very, um, I would say elementary or behavior that's done by people that are not or very primitive. And we tend to separate people who do that as being wrong, as deviant in society. Typically we associate them with tribes or with having mental illness. So we're going to just talk a little bit about the types of cannibalism that exists currently in pop culture society. And then we're gonna talk about a couple of films in some detail and how cannibalism is portrayed. So the first topic that we're going to look at is traditional cannibalism. So this comes from the paper Encountering Cannibalism a Cultural History and it's done by a PhD student Kelly Watson from the College of Bowling Green State University back in 2006. So she talked a little bit about the history of cannibalism in North America. So it generally is traced back to Indigenous people who first inhabited this land and that were first encountered by Christopher Columbus when he discovered America. So there's a lot of propaganda that was created from a lot of the accounts of what Columbus had shared, saying that cannibalists were were very aggressive, that they would eat nonstop of people. There was one statement um, that he made saying that the Indians take prisoners of war in order to eat them later. The male eats his wife and his children with pleasure. Um, A man confided to me that he had devoured more than 300 of his fellow beings so there was this belief that these cannibalistic tribes were had an unending thirst for blood and well as we can assume this is coming from one very different perspective a perspective of that all indigenous people engaged in this behavior and that was just how it was and of course we now know that that wasn't necessarily the case that yes cannibalism did occur and in some cases it was for Victory over their enemies, they would eat the dead of the of the enemies to kind of just show a power struggle. Sometimes it was done to respect their dead. So in the case where someone died, they were eaten out of a sign, a sign of respect and mourning. As well as survival during environmental conditions. I think we forget about the fact of how harsh environmental conditions can be in both areas of the United States and Canada, and that people will pass away. And if there's no animals around or no other food to eat, you're in a situation where you need to eat something. Right. And a lot of that would occur. So this paper basically talked about, yes, cannibalism did occur in Indigenous communities, but not always for the reasons we assume. They weren't bloodthirsty, evil people. I guess you could argue that eating someone in victory of war would have been considered evil. But at the same time, depending what you're fighting for, and if that's the culture of what people do to prove defeat and that you believe you're going to get the sacred power from them, I could see that being something that people choose to do what i choose to do it probably not but also i'm not in that culture at that time so who knows <laughs> i would behave if i was a member of this tribe and everyone else is doing it i probably would engage in it as well but i think it's important that we don't think of cannibalism as just something that indigenous people do this is something that has been done by europeans as well and other people of different descendants, and we're gonna call this section survival cannibalism. So in Amy Michael Cook's paper, In 2013, A Sea of Misadventures, Shipwreck, and Survival in Early America, and this was written out of the University of South Carolina, she talked a lot about how cannibalism was kind of the way of the sea travel. How in many cases, European settlers who were traveling from seas from various countries, so looking mainly at Spain, England, and France, for example, were forced to engage in these behaviors in order to survive. In some cases, they would be at sea for months. Months. Like, I think we... (laughs) you know living in the current society that we live in in 2020 and how quickly it is to travel across seas forget that they were traveling in these big ass fucking wooden ships and the conditions were atrocious yeah and people were going to die and sometimes you'd be out at sea for months and and months and run out of food and if you have dead there you got to do what you got to do to survive so, right. you consume somebody as well as in a lot of cases, shipwrecks would occur and depending where you're shipwrecked, you may or may not have access to food, and mutinies would occur, and there would be murders and and people getting pretty pissed off and What do you do with the dead bodies? You' already killed someone because you're mad at them, you're hungry, probably going to eat them. You know, I think we forget about the draw for hunger, especially for some of us who are in a situation where oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I better just run up to McDonald's and grab something. Or, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I better look in my fridge. I think unless you're homeless or you're truly in a situation of food shortage, you cannot understand the pain of hunger and the true madness that it can ensure. Or not, yeah, ensure? Yeah, the true madness that can be developed from being that hungry. And our main, we need a couple of things for our human body to keep going. Sleep water and food yeah and if those things are denied from us then obviously we're going to get to the point where we're willing to do whatever we need to do in order to get those things as we saw on the platform
0: yeah um, exactly
1: right where they were denied food and eventually they ended up eating each other and we can all look at that and be like oh shameful then but like we're sitting in a situation where if i'm hungry i can go grab an apple from my fucking fridge you know, right. that's fine. I don't know what I would do if it was 15 days in and I hadn't eaten and there was a dead body. I can't say that I would be willing to eat it to survive.
0: Yeah, like desperate that, times call for desperate measures. Well, and
1: it's a natural instinct. Your body will constantly fight to stay alive. That's what it will try to do. It will constantly try to fight to stay alive. And I and I think that's something that we need to put into retrospective here is that there are times where people are put into severe situations and they do what they need to survive, which is why we look at survivalism and cannibalism. And finally, mental illness or physical demand cannibalism. So what I mean by this is in cases where obviously someone may be mentally ill, and they choose to engage in that behavior, or they have a vitamin deficiency. And that for that vitamin deficiency isn't treated and they engage in very deviant behaviors. So The death of the Countess Elizabeth, I'm going to say this, Bathory. Bathory. So Elizabeth Bathory is a very rich Countess that existed in 1560. She was born into a very rich family with very high standing in Transylvania, and which was an independent principality within the kingdom of Hungary. She was known for killing servant girls and drinking their blood. She eventually would have villagers send their girls to the castle with the pretense of her teaching the girls how to be ladies, how to have good manners, and killing them. Um, In many cases, it was rumored that she would bite their breasts, their hands, their face, cut them with scissors, stick needles into their lips, or burn them with hot irons and coins and keys. And in some cases, they were severely beaten to death, or some were also starved. And she would drink their blood, and the idea was that the blood would keep her youthful now i watched an episode on this on deadly women so deadly women is a series that talks about women that have gauged in serial killing good show actually is, yeah i love this show the acting's a little like wonky oh, in yeah. some of the episodes but it's a very interesting series and this episode came out it was actually their pilot so 2005 season one episode one and they talked about how she probably had an iron deficiency and because she had an iron deficiency that was so severe, which women do, I actually have an iron deficiency and I take, um, an ironly charged multivitamin to help me with that. Because when I was younger, I used to chew my, um, my sweaters and oh. I would chew on ice and I would eat my hair all the time. I also have celiac disease yeah. and that did not help. and was a symptom of, um, iron deficiency was a symptom of celiac disease so i lived with that for majority of my life and now that i eat a gluten diet and i take supplements i'm fine obviously i don't eat people and drink their blood are you but... sure <laughs> no i don't even. know you never know right <laughs> where did my ex-husband go that's that's um, i've been wondering that i'm kind of wondering what happened to him um but it's At this time, you would have had that kind of education. No one knew about vitamins in the body and deficiencies. So this woman probably had a very serious iron deficiency because your iron deficiency can be so serious that you need to have needles. My cousin's wife actually has to go in, I think it's monthly or or biweekly, to get iron injections.
0: Oh, wow. Because
1: she's so iron deficient. So... It could be possible that was the case it also could be possible that she had a mental illness and she was engaging in these horrible crimes as well. But I think it's something important to look at I think sometimes we just assume you know we look at silence of the lambs and we're just like oh yeah only psychos eat people yeah that's absolutely could be a case as well. But could it also be this. vitamin deficiency or iron deficiency and we'll, we'll talk about that when we go through our movies so those are the three basic areas that cannibalism seems to fall into um are, did you want to add anything to that scott or any comments or
0: um no i think that pretty much covers those categories like you know we'll be talking a lot more about them as we go through these movies for sure
1: Absolutely. So we'll get off. Let's get off. We'll start off with our. Oh <laughs> you know I'm already uh, doing that. Get off. We'll start off with our first movie, Alive, 1993. So a Ugandan. Ugandan. I
0: was. It, you're a. Gay, yeah, you're. I think that's how it's pronounced.
1: I know. We're both trying to pronounce. It's a European
0: country, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, no, port Look at Scott and I trying to struggle. <laughs> anyway, they're a soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> that crashes on a mountain and is forced to survive for several weeks or months because you've seen the movie I, it sounds like it was i think like it was like more like, like months months so they were there for a couple of months at least and they have to engage in cannibalism now you actually watched this film i i have not watched it so do you want to talk a little bit more about the cannibalism stuff in it
0: yeah because after they uh pretty much uh suffer the crash you know they i think there was like 60 people or something like that on the plane and about 20 of them end up surviving. They lose a couple of them because the plane, like, snaps in half, like, before it, like, fully stops. And they lose those people. But they end up putting a lot of the, pulling a lot, they use the plane as a place to take refuge from the ice-cold winter that is in these mountains. Because mm-hmm. uh, I believe it might be in the Andes, if I remember correctly. Yeah,
1: I believe you're right. It is in the Andes, yeah.
0: And uh, so what they ended up doing is they would pull the bodies out of the plane and then leave them a little bit of ways away in the snow. That way they're not rotting inside and they're not sitting there with the bodies and they can use the plane as shelter. And they go through their supply. Like, they actually started rationing their supplies that they had because, you know, obviously they didn't expect this to happen. So they weren't really prepared for such a long uh, survival. Mm -hmm. And while they're rationing the stuff out, they end up seeing a plane fly by ahead and they're waving and screaming at it and, like, using metal objects to, uh, like, flash light at it to catch their attention And it looks like the plane had noticed them because it did this kind of like wing wing dive. And so people started like celebrating and going, yay, we're going to be saved. We'll Mm -hmm. have someone here in a couple of days. And then they end up eating all of their rations in one single night thinking they're going to be saved by tomorrow or the next day. And then no one shows up. Oh, my God. And no one shows up. And no one shows up. And they are starting to get more and more like sick and just famished and then one of them looks at the dead bodies in the cold in the wind in the middle of the snow and just said we got to do this like this is the only way we're going to be able to survive cuz who knows when we're going to get rescued and now this is where i'm not like i don't know how cuz i know this is based off a true story but i don't know how true it is like if they
1: yeah there's always creative liberties you take with a film there's a documentary that came out not that long ago that talks about it oh okay yeah and we didn't watch that but i right. anyway how it's presented in the film is what we're going to talk about anyway so
0: yeah, and they pretty much go up to one of the dead bodies and cut into it. It's the the meat is frozen or partially frozen and they eat it raw. They take like little bits of it and just eat it. They don't eat like they don't go to start devouring an entire body in one city yeah. or anything like that.
1: Enough they to just keep them alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like the big focus of this movie, but it's more it's more like the shock of, oh God, they had to do go through this. They had to do this.
1: I would argue it was a big focus of the marketing campaign because I remember this movie coming out and I was 10 at the time and I remember people being like, oh my God, they eat somebody. I remember that clearly about this film. Okay. When I think if you ask and I, you know, when we we can put a question in the Facebook group, I think if you ask people, what is a live 1993 about? They'll be like, they ate somebody.
0: Yeah. Well, I was to say because when I was messaging you when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, I don't remember any of this movie because I watched it when I was young, like shortly after it came out. And I was telling you I'm like I don't remember anything from this film except for when they eat the bodies
1: because it's such a social deviant thing to do. Yeah. You know, so if we look back to cannibalism and how originally, you know, it was first documented by the explorers that landed on North America and the indigenous people that were doing it, it was seen as a very savage thing. So when we see it with a bunch of like white people, as <laughs> a so soccer team. I believe they were white. Uh,
0: I think they were, were more. They, uh... Were
1: they Spanish? Or yeah, they... I think
0: they were more Spanish.
1: Okay, so when you see people that are Spanish or someone that's considered from a developed nation doing that, it's shocking. Yeah. It's shocking that you think, oh, my goodness, they had no choice. These poor people were forced to engage in this. And I wonder what kind of effect that would have had on them once that movie came out and people knew them. Yeah, you know if that changed, and I'm sure the documentary talks about that. If that would have affected how people would have treated them moving forward, and I think that's something to to think about, you know, because really that film that was the marketing campaign. Honestly, like if at ten at ten years old, that's what I remembered, and I generally think if you ask people about the film, that's what they remember. That was smart. Yeah, because they could have left that part out.
0: Yeah, exactly, and they. And like it, like I said, it wasn't even a big focus of the film, it was just like a couple of small scenes, like three quarters of the way through the movie. And like, the focus of the film
1: was probably, it's fucking cold, yeah, and survival. relationship building. Like, yeah. that was probably survival and relationships.
0: Yep, yeah, because this could have easily fit into our survival horror episode if we wanted to put it there.
1: Right? It's interesting. So, I had some questions here. Would you do this? So, put yourself in their situation. Would you?
0: I think, especially in the situation they were in, where there is no real chance of finding other wildlife because of how cold it is yeah i I think I would like, yeah i I absolutely think I would have to if I was at that point where there was no other option.
1: I hundred percent agree with you, and I think for anyone to say otherwise is wrong, you know, and I'm gonna make that very, very clear statement because I think hunger at that point would get so painful and you would be so hungry and your body shutting down and of course the body's first thing is to try to fight to survive that you would do what you need to do now of course i think you'd be upset about it i don't think anyone would be like "Mm, i'm gonna eat my friend this is the best day ever but survival is survival
0: yeah and when you're put in a situation like this like and you have no other options
1: and I'm surprised they didn't make fire. Like I'm surprised that they, sur- and I don't mean fire. Like oh, they have a barbecue, but some sauce on the people. I mean, like how did they not freeze to death? Like that, I yeah, wonder too. That's they the- they
0: were actually uh, pretty smart on how they like kept themselves warm because like mm. um like because it was usually during the nighttime when it was the coldest. But they would they actually got all the luggage that was left on the plane and blocked the entire opening that let let out outside. And then when they slept they were all like pressed up against each other and they had like security blankets and stuff like this. And they literally just huddled up against each other. They even made stuff out of like the chairs and stuff that were in the plane.
1: Yeah, I read that in the synopsis that that's, so it was very smart what they did. I just, I thought that that was interesting. I'm always learning how they didn't get fire going, but it makes sense why they couldn't have. It's so cold up there. Like you would need to have stuff to light a fire though, properly.
0: Though I, I did wonder, cause I swear there was, In this movie, probably at least 100 cigarettes smoked between everybody. And I'm going, did you guys have like 10 cartons of smokes with you? Because you're like, (laughs) it's several months in and you guys are still smoking cigarettes. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) They're a soccer team, right? Right. 1972.
1: It's going to be happening now. But
0: but yeah, that does bring up the question then. Okay, if you had a way to light cigarettes, you could have probably found a way to light like maybe a fire somehow
1: yeah one would have thought right but it's anyway i think it's a really interesting depiction of cannibalism and it was a really smart way to market this movie um the next movie i have on here and it's in no real consecutive order it's just how i listed them is raw 2016 which is a french film and it's such a french film like french film their films all the same (laughs) I swear to God, you watch a french film and you're like yep motherfucking french film because you can just tell with the filming of how it is and it's almost like they focus a lot on this kind of like spacey i don't want to say spacey like character development almost like you're you're a bird's eye view watching people like sometimes you know you're watching a movie
0: yeah
1: and i feel like in french films it's almost like you're kind of like walking around watching these people just like they're just living their lives and you're just watching this out like it's and they're almost found at- footage but not.
0: Yeah, and right? they're, and they're good at doing uh showing very taboo characteristic characteristics yes. to people too.
1: Yes, like they don't hold back. They really just kind of like do whatever it is that they feel like they should do at the time. Like yeah. there's no there's no like oh maybe we shouldn't put this in there. Like fuck yeah, put that in there. <laughs>
0: yep, we'll put this in there, and then people will just go. Let people that aren't French will just be like,
1: huh. like it's just it's really interesting anyway a young woman studying to be a vet develops a craving for human flesh um so basically the the description of this and obviously we we give spoilers so um you know we're going to be giving some spoilers i didn't say that for a live because i feel like everyone knows about that in alive
0: right (laughs) i don't think it's gonna be there's cannibalism in alive as i said i'll write notes about this anyways just so everybody knows
1: but definitely moving forward the other movies, if you haven't seen them, we will be giving spoilers. So a young lady's a vegetarian, and she goes to vet school where she's forced to eat a rabbit kidney. And I hate hazing. Like, yeah. hazing's talked about in this film, and I fucking hate hazing. But that's a whole other conversation. And the
0: hazing they do in this is just fucking mean. <sighs> it's
1: gross. Like, yeah. who wants to eat a rabbit's kidney? Which is You shouldn't be eating the kidneys anyway, or the liver right that's where a lot of sorting of shit goes through but anyway um not shit but like bad shit bad stuff yeah yeah. so and it goes from there you know she basically goes (laughs) she gets a craving for meat of all kinds
0: yeah and it's and you can see like the progression of it too like she's like after she ends up getting forced to eat that uh, kidney she ends up Uh, craving eating something and wants to and ends up meeting up with her friend and they go to a gas station where they get shawarma and she starts eating lamb.
1: Yes, and she like downs it. Like like she has an aid in days.
0: Yeah. And then it like progresses into like raw meat and raw fish. Well, yeah, she's
1: eating the raw salmon. So at first she's eating stuff where like, because you can't eat raw salmon. It is a thing you can do. Um, But she gets a really bad rash after she eats that rabbit's kidney yeah and really like she has an allergic reaction and she goes to the doctor and the doctor has a separate scene with like a whole conversation about body image with her which i think is really interesting i didn't really get what that had to do with the movie but i found it really interesting
0: yeah i'm not yeah i'm not sure what that yeah had to do with the rest of the film but like man seeing that rash like i was cringing every time she was scratching herself and just
1: yeah
0: uh and then the peeling of it when it was oh God, I, there's a lot of scenes in this film where I'm going, oh, no, mm-mm, nope, mm I'm What did you squirming. think that rash was from? Um, I think the rash was from her not, like, since she was pretty much forced to be vegan like her whole entire life, I think introducing meat like that into her system caused just some crazy reaction.
1: hmm mm mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah, I think that's totally what it was. Um, It was like the body's reaction to the vitamins and the minerals that come from meat because we got to remember all our food has vitamin or minerals or not <laughs> and yeah. it's just fucking garbage and chemical process shit you put in your body but you know your body process it and then reacts to it so yeah I think that you make a really good point there I, I thought that you know leading up I found it a little I enjoyed the movie but I did find it a little slow at parts um, but I understood why with the character development I didn't think it was bad or anything like that I just I found it a little slow but there's a big jump like, she kind of goes from eating regular meat, but it doesn't seem to satisfy her. Yeah. And then she's having her sister wax her vagina. Oh,
0: um, God, this scene. And then it gets
1: stuck. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, that scene. Oh, my and, God. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, that scene, you don't even have a vagina. And no, well,
0: funny. I have I have pubes, so I know, like, just ripping them out like that. Ugh.
1: Yeah, it's the things women do for, for beauty. I guess. Um, and her sister ends up you know trying to cut it off and then her she kicks her and her sister slices off her finger and passes out and she starts eating her sister's finger
0: yeah like she picks it up because she was going to put it in a bag of ice to uh take her to the hospital yeah and then as she picks it up like you see her all of a sudden just kind of like lose all of her willpower and she just slides down to the ground and just stares at it for a minute and then you can see her she like She's questioning it the whole entire time as she's getting it closer to her mouth, and then she just takes like this little nibble, and then next thing you know, she's eating it like it's a freaking chicken wing and just peeling it off.
1: It was like being at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) And you know, her sister wakes up and is shocked when she sees it, and then she later finds out that her sister has also developed the same thing so her sister is also a veterinarian and she went to vet school and now she's you know a, a vet i guess or like her second year of vet school so she ate the rabbit kidney before so i guess you assume that this is a family thing because yeah. her sister causes an accident and then eats the people that are, are dying yeah or dead
0: yeah and that's just kind of horrific to watch and then um like and it goes a like full-blown uh Crazy with the cannibalism as it goes mm-hmm. forward. Like, it seems like, for one, when uh, you get sexually uh, uh, turned on, like, turned on sexually, like, because there's a scene where she's having sex with a guy and, like, she's almost wanting to, like, bite him, like, and just actually mm-hmm. rip flesh off of him while she's about to orgasm, but she ends up biting her own arm and sinking her teeth into her own skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there was also the scene with uh, her and her sister, like, when she got drunk and her sister was. Filming her going, here's the body, eat the body, and like just completely making a fool of her in front of all the classmates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She ends up confronting her sister and they start biting each other while they're fighting.
1: Absolutely. The scene that stands out to me later, and I think that this is why this movie is good for a second watch, is the hospital scene with the parents. Yeah. Because you notice that the sister and her don't really say what happened. Right. And the parents don't really dig, I
0: felt. Yeah, they they don't really question it. like, And it's almost like the mother automatically knew and the father's kind of like, oh.
1: No, yeah, I don't think they knew. I think they still thought the girls were vegetarian.
0: Oh, you think so? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do.
1: I think at that point, they did not know. Like, would you call your parents up and be like, so they were raised to be strict vegetarians. You saw right. what happened in that opening scene. Yeah. So she's at the cafe, a meatball accidentally gets included in the mashed potatoes and her mom, like, Karen's out.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: On this woman. So I think they had no idea because obviously meat eating meat was like a fucking no-no. I think at that stage, they did not know because I think they would have acted.
0: That actually, yeah, I think you're right because you know yeah. they even used the excuse that the dog, that the dog ate it and I think yeah. that's... That they're going to put the dog down because a yeah.
1: dog, an animal that does that, cannot be... Once it has a taste of human flesh, it can't stop. Yep. There's a lot of shit that is said in that movie that upon a second watch, you're like, Right.
0: Yep. Right. Makes a lot of sense.
1: Right. Every scene may was there for a purpose. Yeah, exactly. As much as I may found it long at times, every scene had a purpose. So, um, at the end, where her boyfriend is basically, or friend or whoever he is, is basically yeah. murdered.
0: Yeah, murdered and like like almost the entire thigh is eaten off.
1: Which the special effects of that were fucking <gasps> mint. Like, yeah. Really, really well done. And she wakes up beside him and she doesn't know what's happened and it's her sister did it
0: yep because she sees the weapon that she was used which was like a skiing stick i think and was used to stab him in the back
1: yep and then ate his leg like so that is when we flash to the end so that's basically the climax the climax is her trying to deny this behavior deny this behavior thinking she did it realizing she didn't cleaning her sister up um going home and that's when the parents are like So they know that the sister's done it, and we don't know where the sister is. She's been, I'm assuming she's been charged. Yeah, because
0: you you see her in the prison cell.
1: Yeah. Not the prison
0: cell, but like in the visiting spot for prisoners.
1: Right. So she's taken away, and dad's having a conversation with the daughter, and that's where you find out it's genetic.
0: Yep, because he opens up his shirt and he's like, This is like one thing that I have to do for your mother. And he opens his shirt, and it's just like bite marks and scars all over his body where you can tell that's the way to keep his wife from like hurting others by just hurting him basically
1: which is why she was so adamant about the girls not eating meat yeah so do you think that this was genetic a mental illness a dietary need that wasn't met what do you think
0: um i think this is a bit of genetics with at least in the film Mm -hmm. uh but i think it's also got to be the dietary need because like we were talking earlier could have been an iron deficiency Yeah, because she's chewing her
1: hair and stuff, and that's a sign of
0: Yeah, because I actually got notes I was going to read about that. Because some people with intellectual disabilities and certain psychiatric disorders eat their own hair, a behavior called trichlophagia. These groups are thought to be at heightened risk for developing what is also known as Rapunzel syndrome. There are two particular psychiatric disorders the people who eat hair are likely to have. Trichotillomania and pica. People with trichotillomania feel compelled to pull out their hair. Pika involves craving and eating non-nutritious, non-food substances such as clay, dirt, paper, soap, cloth, wool, pebbles, and hair. Both trichophagia and pika have been found to occur in people with iron deficiencies. You know, which is also goes back to the craving of raw meat because of the iron deficiency, mm-hmm. the blood. So I, I kind of found that interesting because yeah, uh, there is a scene in here where she is chewing on her hair when she's getting yelled at by one of the teachers. And I used to
1: chew on my hair all the time. I had a craving to eat sponges.
0: Oh, wow. When I was a
1: kid. Like, I never did. Right. Right. But I used to crave to eat sponges. And obviously, once I started taking my, my vitamins and changing my diet, that went away. I don't chew on my hair anymore. Or I even feel the craving to. But obviously, I didn't have a severe, like, this is it on steroids, right? Like, yeah. this is, and probably some mental health issues and other things sprinkled in in this as well. That's genetic. But absolutely, this is definitely looking at this. This is definitely some kind of genetic deficiency that has been passed from family member to family member and no one has dealt with it because of the severity of what happens because if you went in and you took your kid in you're like okay so here's my kid um my other daughter cut off her finger and she ate it people would be like mental asylum
0: yep exactly so
1: the first thought and i understand that i i'm not at all trying to say that's not a natural reaction but knowing that what we know it could be a deficiency. So yes, treatment may be necessity to make sure they're not harmed, but putting them on a proper diet plan and looking at their deficiencies and looking at, you know, could this be treated with medicine as well might be a more proper way to deal with the situation.
0: Yeah. And the fact that she was vegan and vegans tend to miss out on a lot of the nutrients provided by protein. So they got to take supplements or find other ways to get those nutrients. So yeah, if if they never actually took the time to get those types of well that's important
1: or talk to a nutritionist right yeah
0: and that yeah you would like not crave it like this movie but yeah to an extent like the eating of the hair i could see totally being the thing because yeah she ate so much hair that she had to like pull out a hairball out of her
1: yeah, I've never did that, but I, I definitely would chew on my hair, chew on my clothes, chew on ice, want to chew on sponges, you know, and I didn't, yet again, I didn't, I did chew on ice a lot, and that's weird, now I have ice in my mouth, I'm like, ah, and I like, spit it out. It's, oh, really? I it's, still, yeah, I
0: still crush ice and eat it.
1: You might have an iron issue, right? Hmm. Like, it's actually a thing, if you feel the craving to do it all the time, it's a sign of an iron deficiency. Interesting. Um, yeah, because I won't do it now. It's really interesting. Ever since I kind of got my diet all straight out with my celiac and everything, um, it's really changed the cravings I used to have. I still crave sugar because I really like sugar, but right. I'm in a lot more control of my cravings. Yeah. So anyway, that's like health news with Heather and Scott. <laughs> but anyway, it's a We'd... really good movie on how they handle the situation. And what would you do if, if your friend was doing this? Like, what would you do if you if you knew that they were eating raw meat? Like, and that they were engaging in like biting behaviors and stuff. Or you saw that video of them trying to bite a dead body.
0: Um, well, I would not, I like because they're my friend and because I am a concerned human being, I would just be looking into what's going on. What, like, why Why are you doing this? Is there a reason? What's going on? Like, can you give me details on what you're feeling? Why you feel you have to do this? Um, because obviously, like, what we were saying, this movie blows it out of proportion. So, like, but yeah i don't think i would freak out it would. i don't think i would freak out i would be more concerned yeah i would try to bring it up to them privately like i
1: get how that guy corners her and shows her the video and is like what the fuck did you do last night of her trying to bite the dead body yeah um good intention poor execution yeah exactly right um but i would definitely try to address it and probably talk to them about like have you gone to see a nutritionist have you got your blood done like blood work done like have you talked to a doctor about how you've been feeling and like try to focus on the other activities that they're doing leading up to the consumption of biting themselves or biting other people to kind of you know because that's the end result of the other of the other things not being met so by trying to get there and obviously if it's a if it's a mental health issue then that would be a different conversation to have as well but i think this movie presents it really well and you think you could dig deeper into it to kind of look at the bigger picture of it
0: oh definitely and yeah this is uh this one's a high recommend for me to anybody that has not seen it because i love this movie
1: that's a really good film really good film but you know what wasn't a really good film
0: (laughs) i know i know what it is and i know that people
1: like this film so okay i get it if you enjoyed this film rock on i don't think it was the worst film mm like no i did give it a pretty low late rating when scott asked me my thoughts on it i think that there was good intention behind this film i just felt the writing was so juvenile and everything else and the film we're talking about is green inferno 2013 oh boy uh my understanding directed by eli roth yep Right. So (laughs) Justine, a college freshman, becomes interested in a student activism or social activism group led by Alejandro and his girlfriend, Kara and the how'd go plans- again aleandro <laughs> don't call my name don't call my name anyway the group plans a trip to the amazon rainforest like so fucking like going go the amazon to stop a pro chem- a petrochemical company from forest clearing and disposing of the tribes that are there it's um i honestly felt like i was back on campus i work for a university with like people that were so over the top of social justice i am a social justice person don't get me wrong i don't put myself in social justice warrior area and these were all social justice warrior kids that were like we're gonna go to amazon and we're gonna show them
0: yeah exactly we're not no we don't know what the hell we're doing and we're just going to put ourselves in this situation
1: and it was like the dumbest people going to the amazon like yeah you know
0: and, and i think that was purposely done too yes
1: i i think the character selection was was good but oh my god even the writing and the dialogue between justine and her girlfriend that mm. doesn't want to go is, or isn't interested was painful and she goes to the first meeting and she makes some comment about them doing like I don't know, they were not eating or something, hunger strikes to get their point across, and he's like, you don't understand because you're a freshman.
0: You can leave.
1: Like, it's just so...
0: Oh, it's so bomb. grating. <laughs>
1: like, anyway, so they go to the Amazon, and there's this whole thing where they stage this protest, which, with these masks that look like me from Vendetta, and they stop the construction, and they make it sound like they're from the United Nations. Like, it's fine. Like, uh, I can suspend disbelief and watch that and be like okay great and you and at the and then they get in the boat to leave and i'm like oh man that was quick like (laughs) where's the cannibalism (laughs) and then the plane crashes that they get on later and that's and the tribe sees them no questions asked not that they can speak the same language but they i guess they just assume they're with the demolition people
0: i like like i I assume that's what they assume i i'm i'm not sure like i I'm going to give Eli Roth the benefit of the doubt and go with that, because if not, it's very dumb why they get react They react this way.
1: Like, that's my only assumption, is that they're like, oh no, you're them, so we're angry, so we're going to... And, and I understand there's a language barrier, okay? I get that. But they don't... And they're just like, we're going to eat you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so... And they lock them in a cage and <laughs> some of the lines. Okay, so they get... They get high. Like the I guess. Did they bring the pot? Did the
0: yeah one of the the yeah I think it was uh, one of the dudes had the weed on him.
1: And I guess the tribe takes it from him,
0: Uh, or gives it to them. No, like what ends up happening is while he's in that cage, there's the dead body of the girl that killed herself. Okay. And when they're like, oh, they're gonna eat this dead body. Let's stuff it down her throat. So when they cook her,
1: okay, that's what happens.
0: Yeah, and then they cook her, and somehow they get clam-baked so much yeah, that they get... Yeah, in the lunch. open. All of them. 50 people all
1: got high. Yeah, and they're in all... the
0: open skies. They're not even in a fucking tent or any Great. type of enclosure. It's, oh my, fucking <laughs>
1: Like, one person's... Ro- and they make them act like primates, and that really offended... Like, not offended me. It just annoyed me. Well, it's offended. I shouldn't say offended. I wasn't... I wasn't offended. I was just like, this is so fucking dumb. Like, one person's rocking with a duck and, like, another person, like, they're rolling on the ground. Like, I get what he was going for, which was comedy, but it just looks stupid. Like, it wasn't even funny. It just looked dumb. And then the line, one person gets eaten and says, oh, no, they got the munchies! Like, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. What? Who wrote this
0: fucking screenplay? Like It it is is so juvenile, and when that scene happened, (laughs) because I was a huge stoner. And that is one of my issues in most films is how they how stoners are represented as like just complete space cadets and just dumb. And the way this felt like just like a fucking college humor type, like (laughs) this is what happens when you get the munchies.
1: (laughs) Like, it's so stupid. just so fucking dumb. Anyway, I just I couldn't even put my head around.
0: And once again, stupid it was. (laughs) Once again, eating the meat raw and like not even I, trying to cook it.
1: Like, and I would assume they would have cooked it. Yeah. Like they had a fire. They had the resources. Like I just, and then they throw in like, at the beginning, they're talking about female mutilation. And yeah. um, I can't remember the name for it, but when they take away a female's, what was it?
0: Uh, Was it a circumcision?
1: Yes. Like, but the female version of it, yeah. I think no sterilization they sterilize yeah yeah, sterilization like like talk about like we talked about it in a lecture and then it happens (laughs) it's just so like or actually doesn't happen they they break her hymen the one girl they use a claw to go up into her vagina and break her hymen because she's that's what that indicates like people that think she was circumcised there or or sterilized there she wasn't that's what they were going to do later when they have her on the table yeah that's actually what was going to happen right i put that together i'm like oh they broke her hymen okay now they're going to do this because she was a virgin right okay i'll buy that (laughs) it was just like and then you know of course you have Alejandro, who's a complete like piece of shit and doesn't even get his comeuppance in the no thing and it was just i just found that I'll, I'll, this is what I'll give it. The special effects were great. The costume design was great. I actually did believe that they were in the Amazon. I actually did believe that they had encountered a Amazonian tribe.
0: Well, um, the filming behind the scenes stuff, that was in, I think, the Amazon rainforest filmed there. Awesome. And that was real tribe.
1: Oh, that was a tribe that they that they did.
0: Yeah, I think the only one that was not was the yellow face painted uh, bounty hunter. Oh, him. With I think feet? he was like, like a hired actor but like yes. everyone else was actually like tribes people
1: and they were very likable honestly i actually really like the tribe
0: i didn't yeah i
1: wasn't angry at them throughout the entire thing i was like yeah guys <laughs> i thought it was funny like when i'm laughing out loud at scenes that aren't supposed to be funny because i'm like this is so fucking dumb <laughs>
0: like, yeah and then you're not <laughs> laughing at the stuff that he's trying to make funny
1: <laughs> right and like the dumb lines you came up with anyway i will give them credit for that i will give the actors credit for working with the script that they had um, especially the main Justine was a great protagonist towards the end, like but it was just a really drawn out movie for no reason, and then the ants were on the oh way. yeah, it reminded me of the bees, not the
0: bees, <laughs> right
1: like, it's just you know, and after seeing Cannibal Holocaust, which did the same kind of concept, but like a billion times better. And is considered a video nasty. I just learned this year. What video nasties are. I didn't actually know what video nasties were. Oh yeah. Because um, I just started watching movies this year. So. <laughs> like Cannibal Holocaust to me. Is a billion time better film. Than this garbage. Oh it is. Okay. And it's
0: a great social commentary.
1: You know and as I said. I will give credit where credit is due. Some of the kill scenes are really awesome. They they. You know, the tribe was amazing. I'm glad they used an actual tribe. That was really cool. I thought, you know, they did a great job. I thought the actors did a pretty good job of interacting with them. It looks like it was probably a challenging movie to make. So props to everybody involved. But the writing was just so juvenile and just so poor that it made it a very unenjoyable movie experience for me. And I love how they threw in like a random fucking jaguar or whatever that fucking, whatever big cat that was at the end. And then like her uh, monologue about the treatment from the tribe I thought was good, like that I enjoyed um, the, the route she chose to go, but I just felt like this presented tribe, you know, individuals from the Amazon as unable to figure out whether, and maybe they would, maybe they would act this way to a bunch of white people they found and not care but it almost made them look uneducated and stupid, which I really have a problem with because just because we couldn't understand them and they couldn't understand us doesn't mean they're stupid.
0: Right. You know, and
1: that's my personal take. Maybe other people didn't see that. That's just mine.
0: No, I agree. And uh, I think it's kind of insulting how the tribe is represented in this because I've seen like a couple of like documentaries on cannibal tribes, like, and none of them just go, Oh, we're just going to capture some random people into the forest and eat them raw. Like, we're just going to just, like, be true-to-life monsters that are represented in movies. No. There is a ritual and a tradition they go through, and it's usually one of the members of the tribe who has passed away that lets them use their body to feed the rest of the tribe.
1: Which we've talked about, and that's yeah. a sign of respect and a sign of admiration of the elders. And, you know, I, I just feel like this movie tried to be Cannibal Holocaust, like, only in 2013, well, but just wasn't good enough.
0: I was saying, yeah, Green Inferno was the name of where the place happened, not Cannibal Holocaust. So oh, is that, it? I didn't, yeah. I
1: didn't remember that piece of it. So
0: Eli Roth was doing exactly that. He was trying to make a pseudo sequel, if you will, in a way. And yeah,
1: I just, he, yeah, he missed the
0: whole point of that movie.
1: He totally did. Anyway, I'm going to let you introduce the next one.
0: All right. So the next one that we will be talking about is "We Are What We Are" from 2013 which is a remake of the 2010 Mexican film, which I do find is funny that only three years later and we make an American version of the same film because that's what we got to do in this country, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> well, you know, and I like the remake.
1: I haven't seen the original, though.
0: Yep. The original and the remake are completely uh, are t- similar stories, but they have character gender role switches. So mm. in the remake, I'll I'll kind of go over the differences here. So the, in the remake... It centers around the Parkers family and after the mother, the mother dies of a tragic accident and the father, Frank, ends up needing his two daughters, Rose and Iris, to perform the annual religious ritual of killing and preparing a human for consumption that the mother used to do. It used to be, apparently this ritual is something that only the female head of the household could do. Hmm. Like it wasn't something the males would do. Yeah, because
1: they're now, the best cooks,
0: I guess, right? Yeah, guess right. yeah, so <laughs> but but in the original Mexican film, it's the father who dies and the mother tasks the oldest son with doing the ritual. So it's the male that does the ritual in the uh, original film. Mm. So they just kind of swat, they kinda of just did gender role switching on this and but like this one is more of like I'm Uh, I would say more of a realist what I would think is more of a realistic way that someone would become a cannibal because they actually obviously like it's still horrific what they do because they're capturing innocent people and locking them up. But then they're actually preparing it like they would like a farmer preparing a pig or a cow for slaughter. They, you know, actually draw the lines on the body of like the choice parts of the body to get the meat from they actually prep it with vegetables and cook it and like make stews and stuff out of it like Mm -hmm. it's not just like oh we're gonna bite into you and rip you up i mean yes that does happen at the end of the film but i think that's just kind of like a
1: sensationalized
0: yeah sensationalized commentary reaction to how the father was acting since he was trying to kill the children
1: yes yes
0: um but i I thought this was a really well done film with great performances all around. Like, the remake is actually really good and probably right up there and is right up there with the original for me because I did watch both this year. Because um, hmm. I watched, because I thought this is the, I thought the original was the one that you watched originally. So that's what I went for. And then I found out you watched the remake and I'm going, I did not know there was a remake. <laughs> that's funny. And so, and then I watched it for the show and it's definitely more of a uh, family kind of like, the siblings bonding together to how are we going to do this? Do we really want to do this? Cause I don't think it's gonna, like the one thing I had, like, cause I put some questions here, but like I asked how the cannibalism was represented in the film compared to other films we have discussed. And yeah, I think besides like, the reason why they're eating it the way they prepare the food is more like realistic to what i would expect
1: i would say it's a more elitist version of cannibalism it reminds me around that, the, time the silence of, of the silence of the lambs where you know anthony hopkins talks about or hannibal Lecter talks about you know i had his what was the line i had, had his, his
0: liver with uh some fava a, beans and chianti
1: yeah a nice like, candy. <laughs> you know what i mean like i feel like that and even in the scene in hannibal where he makes he prepares the food it's it's very kind of classy with the with the consumption yeah and i feel like that's what this film was going for it was going for you know the cannibalism of we're preparing this food to have and you don't know you're eating people
0: yeah, exactly but, right, they, but the family knows but like no one else family does knows,
1: but they almost don't really talk about it and it's a very religious experience yet again they're focusing on focusing on religion um as their justification so it's it's a very much if someone was to be a cannibal and wanted to hide it and believed in the religious attributes of it it would be probably how they would engage
0: Yes, I completely agree, And one of the other questions I had, because I couldn't really find a good explanation for this, but like you even see it with both the parents. The mother, before she has her accident, starts bleeding from the mouth, like you see the blood kind of running out of the corner of her mouth, and the father ends up having that because it, it seems like he's getting weaker the longer they take to actually do this ritual. And when he gets weaker, he starts kind of like bleeding from the mouth and he's got to like wipe it off and try to hide it. And I'm wondering if that's like some weird representation, like the body is, their bodies are so used to eating this meat that when they go too long without it, like the body starts like kind of reacting.
1: See, I don't, I didn't see it as that. I actually saw it as a rejection of human meat or a reflection of a a vitamin or physical deficiency.
0: Okay, see that's why I wanted to ask the question because I was not sure on that one, like what exactly was the cause of this?
1: I thought it was either or, and the more I think about it now I think it was a reflection of some kind of deficiency, because it almost felt like they were a family that was living like pioneers in modern day age.
0: Yeah. Like even even how the young ladies were dressed
1: and stuff, right? Like it was almost like they were stuck in the pioneer days, and yet it was like I'm pretty sure it was in the 90s at least or, or at least current times, like there were cars and TVs and you know, I just felt like it was like they were pulled from the past and dropped in to...
0: Yeah, that makes sense, because even the way they were cooking and like the house itself looked like something just like way old school and they, like part of the story we didn't bring up, but like they, when they disposed of the bodies, they would hide the bones in this like, kind of like cave river stream. Yeah. And then this bad storm happens and you start seeing the bones like a couple of the bones come loose and go downstream, which one of the uh, doctors, whose daughter ended up being missing, which is because of this family, finds this bone and says it's a human bone and brings it to the attention of one of the cops. And that's like how this whole showdown towards the end happens because uh, the father ends up catching the oldest daughter having uh, sexual relations with the cop and he kills the cop and then you know cooks him to prep him for eating and Apparently that was enough to piss him off because he ends up like dumping poison into the stews and he was gonna just kill the entire fa- him and his whole fa- family
1: yeah it was a it wasn't pissing off it was a religious thing he felt like his daughter had disowned the family it was it was very like this movie was high in religious undertones okay you know it was very much like that's why they were eating people that's why they were doing these things there was a hierarchy within the family you know I think people who really like religious undertones movies like The Witch or something would enjoy this.
0: Yeah, because that's true. It's a,
1: it's a religious undertone film. His mass suicide intended of the family was a religious thing. You know, time with mental health, obviously I'm not saying that religious yeah. people do stuff like that. I that was just the catalyst he was using as the argument as to why.
0: Okay. That makes more sense. Cause yeah, like I didn't catch the a lot of the I caught like majority of the religious undertones, but that part I just wasn't... Well it was his praying. Oh
1: like listen to his prayers.
0: Oh, that's right. Right. That's like if right. you listen
1: to the prayers, it was like, Oh, okay. And just how he felt life should be and it was a very hierarchical, typical family when it came to the male and their in their, you know, positions and what he felt his son should do and how his daughter should be. Like there was some very clear guidelines.
0: Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. But yeah, um, I guess we can talk about the... I think it's the final film. Yep, it's the final one for this uh, category. Alright, so the final film is one that I don't think you got to watch, right? No, I did not get to see it. Alright, shame, because this movie's amazing. But <laughs> uh, this film is Ravenous from 1999. And this one's got kind of a couple of the cannibalism categories, and it's, I kind of wrote a bit more for the synopsis stuff, but... During the Mexican-American War, 2nd Lieutenant John Boyd, who is fighting in the United States Army, finds uh, finds his courage fails him in the battle and plays dead as his unit is massacred. His body, along with the other dead, are put in a cart and hauled back to the Mexican headquarters. However, in a moment of bravery, Boyd seizes the chance to capture the Mexican headquarters. His heroism earns him a captain's promotion, but when General Slousen learns of the cowardice through which victory was achieved, he postboyed into exile at Fort Spencer, a remote military outpost high in the Sierra Nevada, commanded by the weary but genial Colonel Hart, and staffed by a motley array of misfits: the pious Private Toffler, the drug-addicted Private Cleves, drunken Major Knox, and the ferocious pirate er, pirate Frocious Private Reich. In addition to the Native Amer- and addition to the na- Native American scouts, George and his sister Martha. But shortly after Boyd joins the garrison, a frostbitten stranger named Calhoun arrives and describes how his wagon train became lost in the mountains, telling of a hellish tale. Colonel Ives had, prom- had promised the party a shorter route to the Pacific Ocean, but instead had led them on a more circuitous route, resulting in the party getting trapped by snow for three months. racked by starvation, he and his fellow travelers were reduced to cannibalism, and he alleges that Ives has resorted to murder. A rescue party is assembled to get the survivors, but before they leave they are warned by George of the Wendigo myth. Anyone who consumes the flesh of their enemies takes their strength but becomes a demon cursed by an insatiable hunger for more human flesh. And as the story goes on, you find out that Calhoun ends up uh, basically setting this up as an ambush. And he's, he's the one that has gone crazy and murdered the others. And He's wanting more flesh because the more he consumes, the stronger he feels, the more addicted he becomes. So he starts capturing all these other people. And like when they finally get to this location where they find all the dead bodies and he starts killing them. And then Lieutenant Boyd, or I guess Captain Boyd at this point, ends up uh, somehow getting away from him and then falls into this ravine where his leg is broken. And one of the bodies of one of his soldiers had fallen down this ravine with him. And he's trapped down there for several weeks, no food or anything, so he ends up resorting to cannibalism as well. And as he's eating the body, he's, you know, feeling the power and energy that it's giving him from this Wendigo myth. And then when he gets back, you know, he's keeping quiet about what he did and all this stuff. And then Calhoun ends up showing up, dressed as another commander. And like, so it ends up going from there, just like, uh, Lieutenant, or Captain Boyd trying to prove that calhoun was actually the one that did all this and killed them and it dives even more into the wendigo myth which i will talk about a little bit because i this myth is very interesting and i've heard about it before so i wanted to look up some information so i found this from legendsofamerica.com and it's about the wendigo the creature has long been known among the algonquin ojibwe eastern cree salto west main swampy cree the scopi and Innu peoples, who have described them as giants, many times larger than human beings. Although descriptions can vary somewhat, common to all these cultures is the view that the Wendigo is a malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural being that is strongly associated with winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. The Algonquin legend describes the creature as a giant with a heart of ice. Sometimes it is thought to be entirely made of ice. Its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. The Ojibwa describe it as a large creature as tall as a tree with a lipless mouth and jagged teeth. Its breath was strange, has a strange hiss, its footprints full of blood, and it ate any man, woman, or child who ventured into its territory. And those were the lucky ones. Sometimes the Wendigo chose to possess a person instead, and this is where it kind of ties into Ravenous. And then the luckless individual becomes a Wendigo himself, hunting down those he had once loved and feasting upon their flesh. According to the legends, a Wendigo is created whenever a human resorts to cannibalism to survive. In the past, this occurred more often when Indians and settlers found themselves stranded in the bitter snows and ice of the Northwoods. Sometimes stranded for days, any survivors might have felt compelled to cannibalize the dead in order to survive. Other versions of the legend cite that humans who displayed extreme gl- greed, gluttony, and excess might also be possessed by the Wendigo. Thus, the myth served as a method of encouraging cooperation and moderation. And this is this myth I was looking into, like the history of it more. Apparently, it is a kind of funny Michigan and Canadian
1: myth. Yeah, it's very common in Canada.
0: Yeah, so I, th- I thought that was pretty neat that it's kind of like our, like from the areas we are from, that's a myth that we have.
1: Well, it's funny. I wonder if it's uh, something in Minnesota as well. I think it has to do yeah, with, Minnesota with cold, also. cold yeah. climates, right? Yeah. Like that's, um, that's something that definitely, probably New York State as well, the original indigenous that lived in New York State. Anything that lines that uh, border where we get extreme temperatures will probably have this myth.
0: Yeah, um, exactly. And it's just, and each one's a bit different because of the tales that it was told by the Indian or Aboriginal tribes or Indigenous people.
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting, right? I think if we look back to Indigenous groups, some did engage in cannibalism, some did not. And that's almost like a warning them not to. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and most urban legends are created with a message. And... I, I think it's interesting that Raven has took the approach that you felt more powerful, which you could, uh, when we look at the ind- indigenous legends again. Um, for those who did engage in cannibalism, the idea of eating your 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 person that your enemy, and I think if we look at how intense battles are, like you and I have never been in battle, most people no. have never been in hand in hand combat where you're afraid of dying. Right, I think that's a very different feeling, especially back then when you were fighting with very primitive tools, and you're probably exhausted by the time you ended up defeating enemy and so angry if you watched your friends or siblings or whoever die that of course you're going to chow down you know it's almost like a victory thing so i think it's very interesting i think through this episode it's really for me peeled back the layers of what uh how cannibalism has been represented in literature and in pop culture and you can kind of trace it all back to either survival uh, revenge or the feeling of superiority and that you needed to survive over others. Also, you can trace it back to uh, the vitamin deficiencies or mental health. Like I feel yeah. like, and when I say mental health, I'm not like, Oh, people are crazy. And that's why they engage in these behaviors. But no. if you you know, believe in the windigo myth, for example, and you think consuming somebody is going to give you additional powers or a better life that may be why you do it. And I feel like we can kind of trace this all back where, you know, society has deemed it's acceptable and it can only be done in these intense situations or you're crazy for doing it, but there's really actually much deeper reasons to why people would engage in cannibalism at given times and different circumstances.
0: Yeah, and one thing I also wanted to bring up with Ravenous that this one kind of covers the uh, three different styles of cannibalism in a way that we talked about and. Also, the preparation style because one was eating for survival, Mm -hmm. then there was the over exaggerated eating for the fun of it, yeah, and then there was the high society type style that we've seen in uh, we are what we are, where they're actually prepping and cooking and like making the meals that way towards the end. So it's like it's got all three of them in there, which I thought was kind of a fascinating, perfect way to end this.
1: Absolutely, and I and I think we have got to be careful. When we say for the fun of it, because it was never for fun. No, if people are consuming another person. It's usually because of the belief of the power that they're going to get from it—religious thoughts, or I guess we could go to the root of someone just being so mentally unbalanced that that's a choice they choose to make. But I feel like that's a very small amount of people that actually engage in that behavior.
0: Yeah, like like that. I'm just saying for this right for, Camp, yeah. for Calhoun, it was kind of almost like it at least showed to be almost fun for him. Well, or
1: empowerment. Acted yeah right or he felt like he was getting revenge on the people that had wronged him so yeah so that's our discussion on cannibalism and film and we chose those films we know there's other films out there like the wrong turns and the hills have eyes and other movies that touch on it and obviously
0: it was- the granddaddy of all cannibal holocaust yes
1: but- um and we chose not to go into them one i've already talked about Hannibal Con- holocaust on another show so uh i chose not to do that movie for this um we were going to do this differently because we were planning on uh, adding a guest. We will be doing some guest movies, uh, guest podcasts, I guess, having guests on our podcast <laughs> yeah. uh, for a couple of episodes. So, but unfortunately, that didn't work out. So we just kind of modified it. Uh, but yeah, so definitely check out Cannibal Holocaust before you check out Green Inferno. That's yes. my one recommendation. And, and if
0: anything, just 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 avoid Green Inferno.
1: Yeah, like, it. it yeah. yeah, I personally, and the, for the people that like it, rock on. I just the the writing was just too juvenile for me. I just couldn't. Uh, yeah, couldn't take it.
0: Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, that's the end of our main topic. So we are going to jump into our out of the dark segment, which is collections and collectors. And the reason we're doing this is because good old Scream Factory, who tends to do some amazing releases, dropped a bomb on the horror community this week that pretty much if you are in any horror movie sites and stuff like that, there was no escaping this announcement and that is the friday the 13th box set <coughs> which i like i already own the friday the 13th tin that has all these movies so i'm not like i wasn't as excited for it cuz i i don't like to double dip technically and but i the reaction from the horror movie collectors out there and the fans shows that this is something that has been really wanted in the community and is a like and it's an awesome looking box set Mm -hmm. yeah it looks really cool and yeah so we kind of want to just kind of discuss like collections in general and like why do we collect and what do we think of like the collection situation like i say i know you're not much as much of a big collector as i am so i'll I'll let you kind of go first on this like what do you think like because i like what exactly do you like to collect for when it comes to horror stuff?
1: So I am not someone who collects DVDs or Blu-rays. I never really have. Uh, And the reason why is because I don't usually rewatch movies tons of times. I don't see a lot of value to having that. Now I do think it's cool when other people do. And I think it's cool when they get it signed and stuff like that. Never been a big thing for me. I don't, I wouldn't say collect because that's, I don't really think I collect anything of horror movie stuff. I would say that I purchase things that I find interesting in the moment. So, for example, I picked up that really cool skeleton hand necklace from Astronomicon yep. that I really like wearing. And I get a lot of compliments actually on that necklace when I wear yeah, it. Yeah, because that
0: necklace is badass.
1: It's pretty sick. I have a awesome hoodie that was gifted to me of all different horror movie characters on it, which is pretty fucking sick. Yeah, that's awesome. Right? I have my Freddy pants. I have the Jason leggings that you got me for Christmas. Thank you again, Scott. You're welcome. Um, I've also got, you know, mugs and stuff like that that my friends have gotten me. My one girlfriend made me an It doll. Like, she actually sewed it and created Pennywise. I have um, a big live saw, jigsaw doll. I have Freddy chopsticks and stuff like that and like little posters and coasters and buttons but i don't go out of my way to have full box series cuz i feel like for me i put on my shelf big like, yay and
0: yeah, be, exactly
1: you know i'm more to, i'm someone that will spend money on experiences so i yeah. will spend money on going to the convention and seeing the stuff there i don't i don't collect but i am always impressed by people's collections
0: Yep, and for you i would say like your collections, obviously, uh, like with the clothing and all that stuff. Your collections have more utility purpose.
1: Yeah, I definitely like. I have horror pens that I use too.
0: Yep, yeah, you uh, have your coffee mugs.
1: Oh man, they're at work. I just realized that. I'm, no wonder I haven't used my horror pens and whatever. I'm gonna have to go up to my job and get my horror pens back. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, you're right. I like using. I like things that have a purpose.
0: Yep, yeah, things that you can use. That's what. That's yeah. at least what I've noticed from. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. Where, you know, with me and my collection, I obviously did go the route of movie collecting for many, many, many years. I would try to grab most of the limited edition stuff that Scream Factory, Vinegar Syndrome, Synapse, all the boutique Blu-ray labels would release. I would try to jump on those and grab them as soon as I could, because, like, most... Uh, but
1: why? Like, I don't mean this to be judgy,
0: but Why? But- I was gonna say because it was almost like, in a way, an elite status. Mm. You buy it and you're going, yes, this I can put on my shelf and be proud to display. And like, look, I got this uh, one out of two thousand limited edition thing. That like I feel proud of that. Like, and I think I notice this more with uh, males over females. At least this tends to be a thing mm-hmm. that I've noticed is. Males tend to gravitate to collecting a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I read somewhere a long time ago that it's kind of like ingrained in our DNA from being the hunters and the, so we always want to go out on the hunt to find these things. Mm. Like it's very loose connection, but I was like, oh, that, no, it's that's, not a bad connection. It
1: makes sense. Yeah.
0: I'll like, say it makes sense. Like in a way it's kind of just ingrained in us. And, But yeah, I honestly like looking back at it now, like with my movie collection, I don't see a purpose in it personally. Like, because like I've talked about, I've been thinking about selling my collection because I just don't use the movies anymore. And they're just taking up space. I mean, yeah, it looks cool when I can bring someone over and be like, yeah, check out the collection. And people can just be like, Oh, wow, that's really neat. But they really have just been sitting here collecting dust and have no use
1: and i and i mean this with all due respect unless it's another horror fan no one's gonna give a fuck right like they may say it's nice because they want to make you feel good right not dicks but no one's gonna be like wow look at that full life-size pinhead you have unless they know who pinhead is
0: right you know what i mean
1: like they're not gonna care
0: yeah because yeah like now I have, cause I, cause back in the day I would buy like random things. I'd got the action figures. I got the statues. I got Funko pops replicas of masks, six foot tall pinhead thing. I would get all these things just cause I was like, Oh, that is cool. I would get it in the moment. Like while I'm at something, I'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh, that is so cool. I want to grab that. Now I have forced myself to get to the point where if I'm going to get something to collect and display, it is going to be of a thing that I truly love. So, you know, it, it's mentioned a million times about how much I love Gremlins. Whoa, you like Gremlins? Right? Surprise, surprise. Oh my gosh, it's so weird. Right. But, I mean, you've Never heard it. you
1: mention that movie.
0: Never. No, <laughs> hate it. <laughs> but, uh, you've seen it a million times like, or not a million times, but you've seen it like in my upstairs living room. I, well, I was one. with
1: you when you bought one of the most recent ones.
0: Yep, I'll say I have a shelving display just for gremlin stuff and Mm -hmm. if i'm gonna collect anything now it's gonna be movie posters and stuff dedicated to gremlins i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna go crazy and spend a ton of money on this stuff yeah but if there's something cool and unique yes but i am more along the lines of you now where it's more about i want to have the money for the experiences like going to these conventions just having fun buying a couple things kind of as souvenirs Yep, and for memory keepsakes
1: I really like your horror basement. And and I think we're lucky as podcasters because we've actually hung out in person, right? And I think that not everybody, like another podcasting friend of ours posted something this morning or last night was like, I have really close friends that I may never meet in person. Right. And we're lucky that we have, and we will again, you know, we will hang out in person again. It's just due to, You know, and I'm towards a global pandemic that has prevented us from doing that. But we will definitely get together again in the future. And I've been in your horror basement several times now. Like, I've been out to visit you three times and and spent time watching horror movies down there. And the atmosphere is awesome. But I am an equal horror fan that is just into the same shit. When you and I get together, it's just, like, balls deep horror talk.
0: The majority of our
1: conversations have to do with podcasting, horror movies, horror-adjacent stuff.
0: Like, and going out and having fun.
1: Yeah, going out and having fun and, like, bitching about relationships and other life things. But if we're we're pretty honest to what our core interests are that we share, it's that. Yeah. So I'm impressed of the Jason masks that you have. I think they're really sick. I like the action figures. I did enjoy, you know, the two episodes that were recorded in person. Um, <laughs> right. Doing them in your horror basement was really, really cool at the time. And, you know, you have a great setup. You definitely have a setup that is we had adam and i'm trying to think of the people that are local that could come so adam gary suzanne um, dan and Lacey if they made the drive out to michigan like if you had people over there to hang out people would fucking love it like if we had the people from the podcasting community show up and hang out in your basement they'd be like fuck yeah but generally speaking other people that you have over and i know other relationships that you've been in or friends like i'm sure they come in and they think that's cool but no one's like oh my god this is like the coolest fucking thing ever yeah and like, then you some and I people i time going through each individual shit when i came to see you the first time
0: right and you were right? like taking pictures with it and stuff
1: yeah like but that's not most people who unless they're really into that aren't going to care
0: right exactly this is i think it's more just like for personal pleasure to have these things like originally yeah, And, like, but yeah, if you bring someone that's, like, I've had this experience a couple times where I've brought someone that's not a huge horror movie fan down here, and they're going, cool. Or someone um, could
1: be creeped out by it.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, cool, uh, can we go back upstairs now? Because they're a bit freaked out by it.
1: Right. And they may be like, holy shit, this dude, you know, <laughs> what the fuck? Um, right. People are creeped out by my Jigsaw doll. And we're going to post pictures of what we're talking about to the page. Um,
0: yep, I'll share the good... Good chunk of my collection with you guys.
1: Yeah, and I'll share like five things.
0: <laughs> well, you'll have to take a picture of like all your different clothing style stuff too.
1: Yeah, model. yeah. I'm a model. Yeah, <laughs> model. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, um, I do. My little Tush on the that's catwalk. That's like gonna be
1: your smoke show on
0: the catwalk,
1: catwalk. Um, but yeah, like it's. You know, it's fun. It's fun stuff to have. And I will never fault something that other people are into the my only beef with collections. My only beef is that because people go so balls to the wall crazy, ridiculous price points can be thrown on things that make it difficult for people to afford because everyone's got to be the first and i just think that's a shame for other people who may for example want that friday the 13th box set but can't afford 180 dollars us you know maybe they don't have that money right now and they really would like it and you know maybe maybe that something like that could go for 100 bucks you know in all fairness it's fucking dvds and a poster and what was the other thing that came with it
0: it was the lithograph poster the awesome box that the art is on um was it Friday the 13th Part 3 in real 3D instead of the blue and red glasses, unrated cut of Jason Goes to Hell, um, which hadn't been on Blu-ray yet because it was only DVD before that, I believe. So there's like some things that, you know, if you're like the collector that wants to finally upgrade his movie collection, because the re- I know a lot of the reason why people are super excited about this also is the fact that that Friday the 13th Blu-ray tin that came out that I have, Mm -hmm. that was only on shelves for a very short time before it went completely out of print and no more copies were made. And then the only way you could buy a copy is if you were spending 300 bucks on eBay for it. So I don't have a beef with all those bonuses, but are you going to tell me that
1: the markup on that is like how much, like they had that footage. This is 2020. It is not hard to release an uncut version. Nope. I know you know what i'm trying to say like oh yeah the the what the demand when there's demands for things like it's housing market okay i was talking to my neighbor the other day or today and her daughter is looking for a house and like the fucking world's her oyster right now right like people are begging to sell their house it's covid19 people don't even want to fucking go into houses a year ago houses were like people were throwing on offers before they even saw a fucking house Right. No exactly. conditions, nothing. So it's it's demand. So my my only thought is I understand all those pros. I understand all the special stuff. And I don't fault people for wanting that. Where my concern is, is the markup gets so ridiculous mm-hmm. that the, somebody who is truly a fan and would like that has to decide some hard choices and they can't purchase it. And I just personally think that's a shame.
0: Yep. That's and all. Another issue that comes along with this is that these boutique boutique companies know that people love to hear the word limited edition. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, the biggest, the real big issue that I have is the fucking scalpers, the ones yeah. that buy like 20 or 30 of these and then turn around and jack up the prices to double to triple the price. Even more eBay. than
1: what it already is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the people I really can't stand are the ones that are doing it for the profit instead of like, Letting someone that actually wants that limited edition. Uh, Scream Factory's
1: holder. doing it for the fucking profit too. Don't fool yourself. Oh, oh, I, I was going to that say, that well, price point isn't. Well, irrelevant. no, I was
0: going to say because Scream Factory and a lot of these boutique labels. That's one thing that's always been criticized is their prices because, yeah. like, usually... I get it,
1: people will pay it. But like, let's be real here, right? Like, yeah. Not...
0: Well, usually a single, especially when it first comes out, new Blu-ray from Scream Factory is anywhere between twenty-eight to thirty-eight dollars for one movie.
1: American, let's, yeah. let's... Yeah, American. That. Yeah. And your currency besides the pound is the highest in the world. So let's you know also think about if you're ordering that from another country.
0: Right, exactly. So right? it's like their prices are already out of this world astronomical. There is no reason for it. Like they do put a lot of time and effort into cleaning these films up, making them look the best they can because they are usually really good picture quality. But it wouldn't come to that price. And well, there, can... there
1: is a reason for it. It's capitalism. And I understand yeah. that purpose. The company wants to make money. I don't fault that. Like, I understand why it's all happening, how it's happening. I just feel bad for that person that's out there that is a really big fan of friday the 13th and it's like how i feel about concerts you know when like concerts come to town and like i want to go see 21 pilots now people probably are like fucking 21 pilots but i like 21 pilots and i thought oh, i'll get concert tickets they were like fucking 250 dollars right each for the nosebleeds i'm like fuck that shit i'm not paying 250 bucks to go see fucking 22 pilots like i have a mortgage
0: <laughs> yeah there's no reason for that. those prices
1: you know, I, I just think it's a shame. I just think that some people who really want it, this is just a soft side of me. There's no logic behind it. It's a softness of I just feel sorry that there's yeah. people out there that really want this box set and would love to have it. And maybe they don't have anything and they can't afford it. And Screen Factory could Screen Factory could have charged $250, not $250, probably 200 bucks, and people would have fucking bought that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I just find it a shame that it's just the price will go up and up and up. And
0: yep. And it's just uh, because like, cause the demand always goes up and up and up with these. And especially right. when you yeah. put the words limited edition on there, and they know what they're doing. Of Cause, course. Like they could make these... The reason it's limited edition, I think they went for, at first, 1300 and then they pushed it to 7000 when they seen like the de- high demand, and they had already sold mm-hmm. out within hours. But obviously, if they went from 1300 and were able to push it to 7000 for a limited edition... It's obviously easy for them to make this lithograph poster.
1: Yes, obviously. Create I'm, I'm more. sure 2020, all the things that are the special features can be easily done.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. And so like, yeah, these limited editions, there's, they're, the only reason they're doing it is to get people interested in wanting to buy it right now mm-hmm. while it's hot. And just to profit on it, which, you know, you're a company. That's what you got to do. It is capitalism. That's what it is, right? It is what it is. But it's just, it is kind of crazy that, yeah, it's like, there is no reason to be calling it limited edition besides just to kind of build that demand and get it higher.
1: And you know what? I get it. Props to them, man. And if it leads to more horror stuff being made, that's awesome. I'm glad people are consuming this stuff. I I don't have any issues with people consuming and paying. I understand how the whole economic circle works. I just feel bad, as I said, a million times over like a broken record for the people who, you know, wanted to buy that and couldn't afford it. Like it was blowing up on every single chat group that we were with podcasters, every single Facebook page. And that's fine. You know, that's fine. But like, what about the people? I just feel sorry for the people that can't, that have to make these hard choices. Right. And that, you know, for some people, that stuff means a lot to them.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I just I just think it's a shame that we can't, you know, but that's like anything. Look at how much iPhones are. You know, I buy Kate Spade, which is high end brand well high-end medium to high-end I guess you would say there's more high-end brands but I wait till it's on sale I buy (laughs) last year's season of their purse and their and their bracelets at the outlets for like 75% off I don't fucking care you know I just like the way the purses look and I'm going to treat myself to a nice purse that would usually be you know, 400 bucks and I can get it for 65 or 70? Fuck yeah, why wouldn't I? You right. know, but like that's, so yet again, I get it, but I would never go and spend 400 bucks on a fucking Kate Spade purse because I know I could get you know, that same right. purse six months from now.
0: <laughs> and and that, and there are the people that are out there that will do this for Scream Factory too, because eventually the Scream Factory titles drop in price. Yeah, The only thing is like with movies especially, you gotta be careful because there's movies that you're like, yeah, hey, I'll wait till it drops in price. Oh, Scream Factory lost the rights to it. Oh, now it's now it's completely out of print. Oh, now the price is doubled. Fuck me! Yeah, it's, it's, you it's a risk risk reward you got to do with these.
1: Absolutely, and that's like but, anything. You make a really good point. It is a gamble because you could really like something and it could get sold out and never made again or whatever. Because
0: yeah, I mean, the Blu-ray I have of Dolls, I bought it on a whim because I was like, "Oh, this movie is fun." Like I'll buy it for like fifteen bucks because I seen it on Amazon or whatever, and. Two years later, little did I know, it is now out of print and going for sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. It's like a Screen Factory lost the rights to the title or lost the rights to the movie. Like after a certain amount of time, I'm like, "Well, shit!" Um, like you know, if I was still like the collector that I was, I would have been like, "Glad I bought this one." I did. Now I'm going. Well, that sucks for anybody that really wanted that movie. Now, like you have to wait and see what happens there. The one thing I do want to bring up, though, with the Friday the Thirteenth thing, that I am happy to see because thing that makes me happy about seeing them release this is the fact that that means the whole lawsuit rights issue must have finally gotten taken care of
1: yeah it must have
0: and which means a good thing for us fans of friday the 13th films because that means we possibly can start seeing new films going forward and we can keep
1: running our podcast
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'll say yeah, that we just keep our brand going. That's right. our <laughs> super special brand.
1: Um, but no, that's a good point, Scott. Really good point. Uh
0: but yeah, I think that's pretty much all we've talked can talk about on this right now.
1: All right, we could probably go off about collections for a long time. And if people want to share their collections in our chat and our Facebook Yes, group, please do. We'd absolutely love to see it. You know, I I'm a big fan of people that collect. I may not choose to collect a lot of stuff, but I would love to like, you know, I'd love to do a cribs tour only call it like horror cribs and like go to all the different podcasters house. Maybe when I'm living my best life and uh, do, cr- do tours of the ones that have the most elaborate well, horror setups.
0: That's that's actually funny that you bring that, that you say that. Cause uh, there is a Facebook page that I used to be a part of and it was kind of like a horror grindhouse uh, exploitation page. Hmm. And it was a big community. And someone one day said, you know what? Let's all do virtual tours of our collection. So we would record ourselves walking through and showing everything and then sharing it to the Facebook page. And everybody started doing that. So you got to see everybody's collection in this virtual walkthrough, basically. So, hell, if you all have a collection and you want to do a virtual walkthrough for uh, your collection and share it on our page, I will. I can even get started and do that with mine. I think you should get started and do it with yours. Yeah, so like when this episode and I'll do it with
1: mine. It'll be two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Shortest video ever. Watch mine, then watch Scott's. Don't. (laughs) Scott's will be like 25 minutes, and mine will be like, this is my jigsaw doll. These are my Freddy Chopsticks. This is my it doll. And these are my coasters. This is me. The end.
0: (laughs) Well, just because it has you at the end, it'd make your video better. Yeah,
1: that's right. I'm not Smoke Show Crossford, okay? No, you're
0: the, you're the Canadian sizzling guy. I am a
1: mild rumble to your exploding <laughs> head. That has become clear. That is something that is just the way it is. So well, I'm okay with that. You need I a beard,
0: Heather. You need a beard. I'm,
1: I accept that I'm working with a 10, okay? And when you're working <laughs> with a 10 out of 10, you just have to kind of like be the ugly duckling that hopefully oh. one day grows into the beautiful or like you know good enough swan
0: <laughs> oh my. don't ever sell yourself short
1: <laughs> thanks Scotty. it
0: thanks,
1: Scotty. <laughs> um, but yeah i think that's a good idea scott i think we should do that obviously we'll do it after this episode comes out so scott will take five weeks to edit so we'll see how
0: that goes hey It's not my fault that life's going to be getting in the way for a little while. He's
1: going to be dealing with pit bulls. So when he says he's taking care of three pit bulls, he's actually the singer,
0: and he's going to be out of both. Three clones of them.
1: Yeah, and he's going to be like, Mr. Worldwide! And Scott's going to be like, oh my god!
0: Fireball!
1: (laughs) Action! just you hanging out with three pit bulls all the oh time. gosh oh my god it'd be like constant like mr worldwide what's this other thing that he says like when the 410 what is the numbers that he does mr worldwide I, fireball
0: i can't remember the numbers oh my all god. i remember is my uncle bob looks a lot like him
1: yeah one time i was at a wedding party and this limo driver looked like Pitbull, and like i i make up nicknames for people all the time and then we stick and I was like, "Hey, you look like pitbull We call him pitbull first nice, <laughs> but yeah, when Scott's done watching all his bitches, then we'll uh then we'll release this episode and then we'll do a cribs cribs edition, Scott and Heather, and if people want to share their their house they, like, they absolutely can or they you don't have to be on your video if you don't want to, you could just show your stuff and talk or I'll yeah, show but... your stuff and not say anything. <laughs> I don't really care. Do whatever you do. what feels good, but Scott will be like a twenty-five-minute video with a lot yep. of Gremlins talk. So be prepared, everybody. And I'm Gizmo. Um, uh... This
0: is
1: my one Gizmo figure, and this is my second Gizmo figure. And did you know Gremlins this is the best movie ever?
0: <laughs> and then Heather will show her uh, Oscar for Scream Three that she made.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> really like like painted. <laughs> and it looks like shit. And it's like screen three best picture. It,
0: it'll be a statue of uh Courtney Cox with that amazing haircut. <laughs>
1: with the bangs. I'll uh, I'll just dress up in my scream costume and run around the house. <laughs> just start screaming. <laughs> oh man, we just good times here, at Friday nightmares. We're just living our best lives over here.
0: We are um, total dorks, but it's fun. Yeah.
1: You know, I'm a dork. Your smoke show, Crawford. <laughs>
0: I smoke dork. Wait, what?
1: You say you smoke dork?
0: Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck does that
1: mean? Oh, my God. hope you're not driving later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even had anything to drink. That's scary besides iced
1: tea. (laughs) Oh, my God. You and your iced tea. Is that what you've been? He's been drinking, so you guys can see. We're going to regret it. I swear to God, one day. We're going to do video around the same time that date with Brandon Orlick happens. We're going to do video because I keep talking about it. Like they talk about the date with Brandon Orlick on exploding heads and we're going to show Scott just drinking his big gulp. And it's like, this it's a a big gulp, isn't it? Is that what you've been drinking this entire time?
0: Yeah. It's a 44 ounce. uh, Hold
1: it up to the camera. Let's see what this is. Let's see this America.
0: It's a big chill.
1: Oh my God. How do you even get your hand around that? Barely. Like it's almost like junior. (laughs)
0: <laughs> did you hear that Dave tea
1: um but yeah that like that's a two-hander
0: yeah i was saying that like i used to drink that of pop back in the day
1: oh my god i'm surprised you don't have diabetes
0: right but nope now it's just unsweetened iced tea i have to make sure to specific specific uh, specify unsweetened because you're Miss like Heather. i'm sweet enough well I have to specify it with you specifically because you love to say, oh, get your giant sweet tea. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. it's not sweet tea. It's unsweetened. And I, I'm from Michigan. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not sweet south. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a southerner. Southerners love their sweet tea. I mean, it's they good, do. but it's too sugary for me.
1: They do. I remember I'll never forget when I was in the south and I asked for iced tea and they looked at me funny and they brought me fucking tea with ice in it. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not. What I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Them and their grits. I also love fucking grits, oh, too. They do love their grits. Oh, my gosh. Like grits and fried chicken. Yep. But you <laughs> know do. what? Who doesn't like fried chicken?
0: Yeah, and their soda. Soda. Us <laughs> northerners call it pop. Pop. That's true. When I go
1: to Michigan, it's like normal.
0: Yeah. Because yeah, we're... Because, yeah, I mean, shit, you're connected to Michigan. You're, we're basically Michigan and Canada together.
1: And Buffalo. Buffalo, yes. Buffalo, Buffalo, and New York. But anyway, look at us. We're like Buffalo, Michigan. Connected people have probably stopped listening by now. Yep, I don't probably. know why they still are if they are. But anyway, p- we're going to post our horror videos. Check them out, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys for our next topic, which I think Will I be. know what it is. Do you yeah, want to say, say what it is?
0: I'll. Well, I said it before, and we didn't do it, but I'll say it again because. Uh, i think the next episode we will do the shark movies
1: yeah nah. and we will talk about some pretty oscar-worthy shark films oh <laughs> just, boy say, will we we got some bad boys and we'll be having some guest series as well we have a couple of guests lined up that we're going to be bringing on it's our we feel like we're good enough now for these
0: guests um we didn't yeah, want to be... we had to a... oh, i'm sorry no go ahead i was saying yeah we just kind of had to figure out a way that we could change our format to add the guests I just meant that we weren't. didn't think we were good enough for guests. But <laughs> yeah, mean, we, we're, we change also our learned.
1: format.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, we needed to get used to everything ourselves for a while before we brought in a guest and get comfortable with what we're doing. We're still not but, comfortable,
1: and we still don't know what we're doing. But we we figured we should bring another person into this. Well, to just we're
0: good now at not knowing what we're doing.
1: We're so good.
0: We're great mm-hmm. at not knowing how to do what we're doing. <laughs> so good, yeah. Anyway. I know what I'm good so good, it's bad.
1: <laughs> Just like you and your pit bull. Your three pit bulls. Mr. Worldwide!
0: Fireball. Anyway, why don't you close this bad boy out, Scott? All right, so if you're not tired of us now, you will be <laughs> later on, but I, I don't know where I'm going with that. Anyways. <laughs> well,
1: if you listen to It's Not Horror, okay, you can hear more of Scott and I in our ink Oh,
0: boy. Or you yes. could not. <laughs> Yes, uh, you could listen to that and Question many things, especially about me. But um. <laughs> it's a fun show. We do talk about different, and it's a
1: show that sometimes Scott and I remember to bring up on this podcast. Sometimes that we don't. Uh, but it's a fun show where we talk, where we basically watch a cheesy eighties action movie, and we watch all varieties because we're on there with three other people, and and they all we all take turns choose, choosing movies. It's a lot of fun. It's yeah, on it the Horrorphilia Network. So if you if you like commentaries and you want to hear us talk about some cheesy eighties action films, please check it out. It's with uh, Nudie from nfw android vias from uh, android vision as well as oh my goodness i forgot his
0: podcast and to a, i'm oh, gonna be i'm gonna be a guest
1: on android's podcast
0: um, i think it was the podcast uh the cemetery gates podcast
1: cemetery gates podcast yes and i'm going to be guesting on that actually in a couple of weeks which i'm really excited oh, that's right. about yeah i'm special um and then and mr venom which is on he's on every podcast but probably no more room in hell fresh cuts and in the mic of madness with the lovely rebecca reinhardt it's probably where you can mostly find him at this yep.
0: point and we've also had for the last couple of episodes uh mr gary hill himself from cinema beef to drink right. minimum
1: that's right that's right. So yeah, good time. So check us out there if you haven't had enough of this like awesome ending of our episode that we dragged out way longer than necessary. But uh, we're, we're, like
0: a, we're like a Stephen King uh, novel. Like, we get like, everything going really well, and then we just don't know how to end it.
1: Yeah, we're like the ending of Pet Cemetery, <laughs> the remake. <Yeah.
0: laughs> Everyone's looking at each other by the end of it like, what did we just listen
1: to? We're um, just going to go in a weird
0: direction. It was Aliens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway i'll let scott close this All out right. and finally again and but please if you are comfortable after scott and i open our uh open, upload our horror videos of our of our collection please feel free to do the same
0: yes i would love to see it but uh yeah um thank you everyone for listening to us uh making it to episode 13 we love the feedback that we've been getting and the fun nicknames that people have been coming up with for us and all the stuff that you know we we're glad that uh people are responding to the show that it, the way they are um so yeah until next time unpleasant dreams Fire fireball, fireball.